Everybody, we are recording this on a Tuesday afternoon. We are live on YouTube for all of you hanging out on YouTube. What is up? Good to see you. For those of you listening to the podcast, we're glad you have uh, you have found the podcast. Maybe you're even subscribed. If you are listening to the podcast or if you're watching, go to iTunes, leave us a review, five stars. That's how you get in the mailbag. In your review, you leave a question and you tell us your favorite bar to hang out just for bonus points. Yep. Do that and uh, get in the mailbag and the week. And also uh, link any pictures as we'll get in here. Our presenting sponsor, Tito's. You're going to have some cocktails. Uh, I had someone DM me. Like, you guys keep talking about that guy that was drinking on Tuesday morning. He's like, that was my brother. <laughs> you know, we, we get we get a lot of drinkers that, you know, all, all different times. We don't uh, discriminate. Uh, link us in the pictures if you're having uh, a cocktail on the golf course or, uh, you know, maybe at home. Uh, also, if you are watching live, it, the link isn't live yet. If you're listening to the podcast, the link is live. There's a link for DraftKings. As soon as we're done with the live show here uh, this Tuesday, we will activate the DraftKings game. Sign up with the code HAM and uh, get in the DraftKings game. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Middlecoff, I don't know. Wh- where did you finish last week? 96th. 96th. I could not have been much better than that. Let's see. Um, I finished uh, 93rd. But uh, shout out to P P P Criado P Criado, who uh, was in first place, won two hundred and twenty five bucks. Top ten places, um, all all paid out of the uh, ten dollar ham game. So uh, keep an eye on that. The Haberman and Middlecoff DraftKings League. Again, we'll get that link out after the live show, so that'll be active. What I don't recommend doing is trying to outthink. Like, oh, could Sam? Could this be the weekend Sam Darnold throws for four touchdowns? And no, the, this is going to be the week where he throws for 110 yards and gets knocked out and has no touchdowns. So mm-hmm. just, just take one of the big boys. <laughs> that you know, it was just a take bold move boys. by you. Well, I, I was just, I, I was throwing a curveball because I'm like, if this guy and I took DJ Moore, what if this is the game he throws three touchdowns? DJ Moore has two, and I win it. I was playing to win, guy. It I like that. Hard. A big swing. If I, if I look, can I see Sam Darnold like, had six percent ownership in the league? I'm like Matt Rule. I'm ready to quit him. Do you think there's any quarterback with less than 6% ownership? Oh, Herbert had 4% ownership in the league last week. But didn't have a great game. No, but I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. Playing Patriots. Playing Patriots. All right. We are sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito's Handmade Vodka, John, the number one vodka in America. And uh, like John said, when you are uh, enjoying, hopefully uh, savoring responsibly and um, hanging out, Making a John Daly, perhaps, or whatever your uh, your drink of taste is. Uh, tag us in a photo. Let us know that you are savoring the best. Yep. Link us on Twitter. Link us on Instagram. Uh, they, they come fast and furious come the weekend. We are always available. And I know the people at Tito's, they love it. They eat it up, as do we. Uh, because, hell, we might have a Tito's in our hand uh, while you are sending us the picture. So make sure you do that. And make sure you, you know, whether it's Vaughn's, whether it's Nugget, Dave, Little Davis, California, mm. whether it's Safeway, wherever you live. H-E-B. <clears throat> BevMo. Across the nation. Yeah. Lo- you remember Long's Famous. Drugs? You remember Long. Long's Drugs back in the day? Yep. I don't think they exist anymore, but if they did, CVS, wherever you are, swing by, grab a uh, a nice little bottle of Tito's. The, pi- the price point's just hard to beat, especially when you factor in it's the number one vodka in America. It just it tastes great, and the price point is fantastic, and you will uh, you'll thank us later. 
Yep. Uh, six times distilled in copper pots, not uh, columns. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume. Namely, 80 proof crafted to be savored responsibly. Podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag. Promo code HAM the number one where they will uh, double that first deposit up to $1,000. If you accept the bonus, you have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds. You can also decline the bonus. Either way, Ham one, let them know we sent you. And we've got some decisions to make because we've won uh, six in a row now on the uh, Ham Lock of the Week, John. Lock of the Week's won six in a row. Well, and we hit a parlay. I mean, we got $3,400 in the uh... – <laughs> I mean, you know, right now. A four-team parlay. We did also hit the four-team parlay, yes. I, I'm ready to make a bet right now, guy. Uh, I, I have two things I want to say. One, I think we should place a $500 bet, get aggressive. And two, I think we should take the Chargers. Minus one at Philadelphia. This line, I think a couple weeks ago, would have been like, I don't know, six, seven points. And they're playing the Eagles. The Eagles coming off a historic win for them point-wise. But they're, I mean, their quarterback threw for 100 yards. He did not throw a touchdown. You know, uh, I, I, I'll take Justin Herbert, even if it's on the road early. I don't care. Like, I will take Justin Herbert. Keenan Allen's playing. Bosa's playing. Derwin James is playing. Minus one? That that feels like it's stealing, guy. Makes no sense. It's some. I, I keep waiting to find out there's some injury I don't know about. Well, it's, you know, it's a long travel. Uh, the Eagles played well. So, John, if we're going to take a minus one at minus 110... I just hate the my, I just hate the juice, you know. Yeah, never mind. I was thinking, what, what can we get? You can't, a, a you, money can't line? you can't, you can't win by half point, so you might as well just take the minus one, right? Worst yeah, I was, I was hoping we'd actually go the other way that we'd get more money if we took a money line. You should, but well, I mean, I no, because they're the time. they're they're the favorite. I know, but it, if it's the same, you know, I feel like I'm going out on a bigger limb, even though I'm not. So I guess you account for the tie. That feels like minus fifteen as a difference for the tie doesn't you know seems like a little much, but. Uh, yeah, I'm going to lock that in. I don't love deviating from our plan that has worked and has allowed us to stack up bills because we give a lot of it back with one whiff. But um, I'll support it. I, I think anytime that you uh, you know you have success, you keep. I, I I've always been taught just different people in different industries. You go pedal to the metal. You know when the money's flowing, that's when you double down. And I just think we just stay aggressive. Now, if we lose, this one's on me. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I support it. I'm down to do it. Um, I agree with even the pedal to the metal, press your advantage. All of that stuff makes sense to me. I'm also very aware that when it comes to gambling, winning six in a row, like the odds, you know, just are not in your favor. But um, the last six weeks had nothing to do with, you know, this week. Again, I think it's a little nuts, but if it works, it works. I believe in the line. This is fake money, though. I mean, it's well, real money no. if we wanted to cash out. It's not. It's real. Yes. <laughs> just It's just where it resides. Yeah. But, um, yeah, sure. I, I'm, I'm locking it in Do it now, right though. Now. Do it now. I mean, you know. Yeah. And let's just hope that Justin Herbert. It's Tuesday. If he gets COVID or he rolls his ankle or something happens. It's, it's, what, uh, it's, what is up? <laughs> like, if why that line is one gets revealed let me to just, us. Let me just really quick before I lock it in. I'm just going to type in the name Justin Herbert. To uh, to Twitter to make sure something weird is not going on. Anybody in the uh, live stream know? If Justin Herbert. Know about? He's at a Halloween party. He threw a couple picks against the Patriots. Hair looks fantastic. I, he looks, you know, Justin. I, this is a good tweet. Justin Herbert's top target today. 
number 21 on the Patriots. That's just the picture. That's the tweet. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you know, he's coming off a rough game. I, I'm not selling stock, guy. When, when things no, go well, in the red on the stock market, stock? that's when I buy. Why would you sell stock in Justin Herbert after a game? I do, just, but but he's played a couple bad games now. I feel like people are off the scent a little. Yeah, don't you? Whatever. I'm with you. I did get somebody did text uh, DM me about it, but I, I could not could not care less, John. Uh, although it did occur to me watching Monday Night Football, the people who had um, Mitchell Trubisky ahead of uh, Patrick Mahomes on their draft boards, maybe you're going like, ah, maybe there's still time for this thing to play itself out. I think the Chiefs are glad he's on their team. <laughs> Leads the league in picks, John. Leads the league in picks. That's true. But in any event, all right. So we are we locking that in right now? That is our lock. I, you I, make I, it I, seven just in a row? I just I just confirmed it. Ham going for seven in a row this week. Everybody, stay tuned. All right. I'll admit to being in a weird mood right now. Um, we just watched the TMZ.com Henry Ruggs crash video. It's devastating. A car up in flames. Um, a person died, 3.39 a.m., whatever it was in Vegas, car crash. And um, Ruggs was driving the vehicle that hit a uh, RAV4, and the driver of that vehicle died. As of this moment, we don't have um, – I don't know if anybody else was in that car. I, I don't know. I mean, the thing was up in flames. You presume not, but who knows? I don't know. Uh, but it's, it's awful. I mean, I don't – it is – I don't know what to say other than it's it's terrible. It's really terrible. And what comes next for him and what comes next for the football team, we will talk about that. That's part of the a different conversation. But if we're going to have the football conversation, we have to start with the, the human side of this, which is terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's a human tragedy anytime someone loses their life in, in a car accident, uh, especially when, you know, let's face it, he was driving and he was drunk, you know, or impaired. I mean, he got a DUI. So it's a it's a human tragedy. I mean, it's an NFL tragedy. Like this is a weird shit happens in the NFL, right? Guys have gotten DUIs, guys get arrested for things. This is this is a wow, right? This was one of the as the information came out. You're just the first thing I when someone when it was kind of gaining steam. I think you forwarded me a tweet probably like 8 a.m. Right? There was just some rumors about a devastating crash in Vegas. Benjamin Albright was tweeting about it. Right. I texted a guy. On the Raiders. And my only question was, is Henry Ruggs okay? I didn't hear anything back. My concern was, did he lose his life? Because it was like someone died in the crash. And then it came out. He actually texted me back that like, no, he's, you know, he's okay. Like he's not dead. He was the least injured from what I was told of the people. Obviously the worst case scenario, someone died. But then when he was driving, the information comes out that he gets a DUI. Like it's a... uh, it's a holy shit NFL moment, you know? I mean, I think in the world we live in, in the, the the umbrella that is, you know, whatever whatever the league is, when something like this happens, you know, and I think you factor in, we'll get into the football standpoint, but just such a young player, such a bright future, uh, you know, and it feels like it's it's all over in the, in the blink of an eye. Like, it just feels like the guy's career's over, someone's died, you know, you start the jail time. It's just, it's beyond awful. You know, it's one of those things that like, uh, again, I mean, I, I look at this from an NFL perspective, following this team and, you know, it just hurts your heart, the whole thing, you know, like ultimately Gruden it was like, what? I, I didn't give a fuck. You know, I mean, it was a crazy story. We talked about it, but it's like, I didn't spend that much time. Like Gruden lost his job. Like this is one of those where you just, 
feels like the the entire day from once I kind of found out what happened is just kind of weight on you, you know, like, Jesus. absolutely. It's, you know, we'll talk about other stuff. Uh, and as I said, we will talk about just the football aspect of this because that's a real part of it, too. But there was a there's a, a the devastating, devastating part of this is there was a person who has people who, you know, other people's lives got ruined today um, in addition potentially to Henry's, but um, in addition to the person that died, right? That that person had people around them and, and a person's life cut short and, and it's devastating for anybody else involved in the situation. Well, ju- and um, just the visuals of the crash, right? I mean, it looked like a, it, you know, it looked like a bomb went off with the car. You just hope, you know, I, I who knows, you know, I don't even want to speculate, you know, the guy get out of the car. Did he die in the car? I mean, it was, I think they said the the, the fire, the responding crew on site, checked the vehicle and there was the person was dead in the vehicle. Yeah. I mean, it's just Jesus Christ. I know it's, it's his life. It's other people's lives, but particularly that, that person first and foremost, I think we should, I think it's obvious, but if you're about to have a football conversation that needs to be first established. And then, you know, I saw Vic Tafer, Vic Tafer wrote in The Athletic that in the state of Nevada, a DUI that results in a death, which obviously is what this is when he gets charged with DUI, is what's called a Category B felony. And, you know, you can find easily, I found easily the bullet points that go with a Category B felony, and that's two to 20 years in prison and some other things. Um, But that's the most significant part of it. And... um, you know, that's that's a Henry Ruggs thing. That's yeah. I mean, from a Henry Ruggs, a other, that's I know, a whole other tragedy. I, I mean, I, I know my text messages are full. You know, just I think the first reaction you have is like, this guy's going to go away. You know, I I, I know someone who uh, I, I don't necessarily know him, but my brother does. The family had someone in a situation in a DUI manslaughter, and he and this guy had you know. He, he was very wealthy to, you know, fight a case that you're guilty of the case, but you know what I mean? Like to, you know, try to limit the amount of time you're going to spend. And he served several years and this is in California. So I think he's still in jail now. You know, I think he served like five or six years, kill someone. And wow. it's one of those, like, it, you know, it's just one of those situations, obviously not in a million years would any human want to, you know, this is just the moment this kid's life whose future look like, I mean, you and I had been kind of on the scent of just like, this guy could be really good last year. And then it was like coming into his own. And now it feels like career over like that, like his career's over, but not even just the football feels, you know, uh, trivial talking about the guy's life, but it also feels like his life gets derailed. Right. It's just, yeah. I mean, we'll see, right. You still have to get charged with DUI and, be guilty of DUI, right? There's still things that have to play themselves out. But yeah, if you're thinking about the worst case scenarios. Potential um, reckless driving, right? To, who knows how fast he was going? What was, you know, there are, the other thing in Vegas, uh, I, I don't know what road, that, you know, I don't know if this, I don't think it was on the strip, but, you know, the amount of cameras now all over, you know, a lot of these major cities, right? It's just, they're, they're going to be potentially, um, you know, satellite, who knows, right? That That could change it. So it's just, just awful. Don, you know, Dante Stallworth comes to mind 2009. That was uh, like 7.30 a.m. He had been drinking the night before. He hit a pedestrian. Um, and I don't remember. I, I could be wrong about this. I, I think part of that story was the pedestrian was not in the crosswalk. They were, you know, like crossing in an area where 
I thought he was crossing a freeway or like an interstate, the pedestrian. Uh, I don't I, I don't think it was a freeway, but um, there this was some other little, element. This feels of that. different. He was he was point one two was his blood alcohol level. So he was technically over the legal limit. Yeah, uh, he did 30 days with some other elements of uh, uh, charity involved. Right. He did end up playing in the NFL again. But um you know, again, I his thing was he he was not you know coming. I, the story I think was he had been drinking the night before, and maybe that's why his blood alcohol was slightly over the legal limit. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's yeah. that that's the first thing you think of because that's the other NFL incident that you know has. It feels like this guy's going away, guy. I mean, it's just it just feels like Henry Ruggs is going to jail. I mean, that's just that's what it feels like. Henry Ruggs is going to jail. Now, yeah, that is a year, five like. years. Who knows? Now I. There's been a lot of like career over who the fuck knows, but it feels like Henry Ruggs will be behind jail. And it 30 days do not feel like that's the case on this one. Right now, like you said, there, who we'll see what comes out, but you get a DUI, you kill someone in their car, especially if he's at a stoplight. Like it's, it's a little different than Dante Stallworth. Also it's 2021 is a little different time than 2009. Now I know laws and you know, states change, but I think Henry Ruggs is in fucking deep shit. I don't think it's any. Qu- I mean, yeah, that's that's what it feels like to everybody right now. I'm just saying before it, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, but yes, it's, it's it's part of you know. I think a lot of conversations will come out of it, right? This, and I don't know if it's fair or not. The conversation about lo- having a football team in Las Vegas, but this could happen anywhere. I, I think it's 100 um, percent the thing that I thought of. Right, it's yeah. their first kind of first major incident, you know, in the city. Now I think I think when people when we always talked about having a team in Las Vegas, it's like oh are they coming from the club and X Y Z. I don't know. He was at a golf thing at a uh, Top Golf, but who Top Golf is know. the best one. It's it's sweet. Yeah. Um. So that's going to be part of the conversation. You know. Well, I saw um, people were tweeting at me like, "Don't the Raiders have people that can take care of younger players?" Like, you know, this is the big leagues. Like, you get to do your own thing. Like, you're a you 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 can do whatever you want at night. Like, people don't fucking hold your hand. You know, right. Eventually, you got to make people a have told like, if you're in the NFL, you've been told a million. You've been told several times, get a driver. Don't drive yourself. Keep yourself out of these situations. Right. That's been told many times to every player. Here's the number you call if you need a ride. That's yeah, simple. And, and, and to me, whether you're a star NFL player or to me or you like in society in 2021, there's just, you know, you, you can get an Uber wherever you're at. I mean, it's just that simple. Right. Yeah, I'm just saying the difference is in the NFL, they have told you, here is a hotline. You don't even need to call an Uber. Here's how you get a we will or you have the money, hire somebody to drive you around. Right. Yeah, your job tells you that that's probably a major difference in the like you you're a professional athlete. You hear your like your boss at the local like insurance company isn't telling you that every day. Right. They may never come up ever. <laughs> right. Right. It's hammered home. Like, let's make smart decisions before we're impaired. Right. You're impaired. It's already too late. You might already in that moment go, oh, I don't need an Uber. I'll drive myself. But make the well, decision lo- beforehand. Well, over the weekend, Aaron Rodgers, like after they won the game, he like got he said he said to the team before they left and they broke down like one, two, three, go Packers. You know, after they beat the Cardinals was like, hey, everyone. We carry the G. I mean, it's kind of cheesy, but he's like, for the next three days, right? We're going to have these, the basically the weekend off. Like, you, you're a Packer everywhere you go. You don't just get to like go fuck around now and like you get in trouble. You know, this is, they're coming off a bye week. Yeah. You're Who saying knows? that's maybe, the message before a bye. 
Yeah, or, or even on a long weekend if you play on Thursday, let alone the bye. What, what do you think they told everyone when they left for the next week and then they came back, but then you automatically get Tuesdays off in the NFL. So he probably, hell, they might have just had a five-hour, maybe so workout, a little walkthrough on Monday. So it's like an extension of your holiday. You get to keep going out and partying and doing whatever you want. He's not alone. Like, people always, you're allowed to party. Like, these are grown-ups, whether you're 50 or whether you're 25. Like, you can do whatever the fuck you want in the real world. But you do have to make, like, some people make good decisions, some people don't. And clearly, Henry Ruggs made a, I mean, an all-time devastating decision. It, I mean, honestly, it, it feels like, honestly, it doesn't feel like Dante Stallworth to me at all. Like, the, what's got the repercussions and what's coming. It, it feels like it's going to be really bad. And I, I know this, talking to people that are, you know, around there, they think it's game over. Yeah, I mean, if if he is if he was driving under the influence, if he was speeding at an excessive number, right? Like those are all contributing factors too. Yeah. That, you know, make it or worse, context, right? Or context. Yeah. He like Dante stayed around. I don't know what, whatever that means. I guess it's worse to leave. You don't get extra credit for staying, but yeah. Um, Isn't what you would say the price of admission. Like you, you have to, that's stay. right. Like that's, that's right. Price of admission. Yeah. yeah. Didn't run. Yeah. Yeah. And the car was told, I mean, whatever. It's, that's a whole other thing, but yeah, it's devastating. Um, so with that as the backdrop, we are going to talk about it from a football standpoint, even though, like you said, it feels in some ways trivial because uh, they're still going to play a football game this week. And uh, they just, you know, they just when it th- seemed like maybe they had settled things down, uh, this does have an effect on, uh, I do think of them differently now. Same. Right. Then I did yet yeah, on Sunday's pod. You said, are they a lock to make the playoffs? I said, yes. Now I, I just don't know. This is different than dealing with your coach getting fired. It's Guys, just, son, it's a whole I, other I, thing. I'd even say that w- when I woke up this morning, just watching the chiefs, I'm like, it's not really debatable. The chiefs are kind of in shambles right now. Uh, they play the Raiders in two weeks. That's Sunday night football. You know, Sunday night football was Raiders chiefs. Monday night football was Niners. Uh, Rams and I would just have the thought like I, I wrote down this morning like I, first thing I do get up have a little coffee and if some you know we're gonna talk about the pod that I like kind of fired up on I wrote Raiders are in position to be the top seed I wrote this down at like 7 a.m sitting here so Raiders are in position to be the top seed I'm thinking that several fold the Titans right now are the number one seed their best player has a broken foot or something with his foot he's out for the I, I think they they threw six to ten. Like I, I don't think Henry's coming back. Chiefs are in shambles. Who else? Like the Ravens, we saw them get their ass kicked by Cincinnati. The Raiders have already beat them. I don't think it was crazy to think like God. The Raiders are really kind of coming together, coming off a bye, playing the Giants. All of a sudden, they're six. Did you say beating Baltimore? But yeah. So this guy's he had twenty four catches, four hundred seventy yards, and two touchdowns. I don't think it even comes close to doing his season justice. Do you agree with that? Like what we've seen of Henry Ruggs this year relative to 24 catches, 470 yards, two touchdowns. Like he's been way more impactful than that num- that stat line. And, and I even thought last year, you know, the, the phrase that basketball people use with Steph Curry a lot, like gravity, like Steph, even when he doesn't have the ball, there's a gravity to him. The defense has to, he gets, he pulls the defense away from other people. At minimum, part of it was that with Ruggs. And then the other part of it was Ruggs was not a specialty player. He was not just a deep threat. He was a legitimate, productive, evolving, growing weapon. 
just like an every down, he was wide receiver, a really good player. Yeah, I mean, we only had two games to go off of. So it's, you know, you could, I, I think we all did. I, I know I'm guilty of making like grand statements and conclusions about losing Gruden, right? Like they're losing Gruden, not even that big of a deal. Freeze up Derek, offense is better. But we had, we were going to have to judge it on the whole season. Who knows? It was It was two games. But I wrote down before we jumped on, like, I do think this is a dramatically bigger blow. Even if it was going to prove out to be time, like Rich wasn't some super dynamic guy, this is a bigger blow than losing Gruden. Because offensively, Olsen and Carr could run the offense. Like, Derek knows Gruden's offense intimately and is smart enough from a football standpoint to check stuff at the line. Like, they could have functioned just fine. And Gruden has nothing to do with the improved defense, right? Like, Gus Bradley... As we've seen, Gruden is a zero on defense, right? It just all depends on who their coordinator is. But this guy specifically won't impact the Chiefs. Think about that. I mean, some things when I think about last year, one of his coming out parties, right, was like, okay, this guy's got, was he had a deep bomb against the Chiefs. And you watch him last night, it's not, the Chiefs aren't covering anybody. They, their wide receivers are terrible, or the corners are terrible. And it's just like, at worst, we the legal thing will have to play itself out. Like, rug season is over. And you said that you already hurt his wrists or what the injuries are. Yeah. But it's like, he's out for, like, you just lost Henry Ruggs. Like, for a fact, this season, it's done. So that's you know, just... when they lost Gruden, I thought, we picked him as our lock of the week that week. Because I thought that's the kind of thing sometimes that can rally a team. Who was that against? Denver? Yeah, it was. They beat this the shit not, out of him. This... I don't. I. Uh, you agree you know. it's a much bigger loss losing Henry Ruggs and John Gruden. Yeah, Gruden was well, trending came. down. Ruggs was, as a player, trending up. How do you replace his speed? It's irreplaceable, right? I mean, you could sign Deshaun Jackson or whatever got cut. I mean, I don't know, but it's just that ain't Henry Ruggs. And one no, of the, it, the other devastating part, I would say, from a morale standpoint, even just in the short term, was like. You would draft this guy 12 overall, and it was looking like you kind of, I wouldn't call it a home run pick yet, but it was, he was starting around second, heading to third, yeah. right? <laughs> so and when like, those you, are your you guys, yeah, with your Derek. guys young, evolving together, growing together, right? They had, they've nailed a couple receiver picks. Amari, they traded. This one they nailed. Uh, uh, well, you're right. Too soon to say nailed, but it was, I was very bullish. You were very bullish. I think it was looking like it was going to, be a pick that you look back on and said that was another key piece of their franchise for the next whatever eight years something like that and i and i but i to me the 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 emotional thing that they have to deal with now is just as much a part of the x and l part of this i just they've dealt with a lot derek and the, the leadership and we've talked about this before right that their leaders like max crosby and darren waller have real life experiences, alcohol, uh, uh, you know, overcoming alcoholism and drug use and that sort of thing. Like these guys, right. This is not just leadership. Like, Oh, I was once the second stringer and I overcame that. Like this is real life leadership that Max Crosby and Darren Waller are the, the, um, their leadership comes from real life, like real life experiences. But still, this is, I, I don't know. It, this is really tough. It's, I, this, I, I, this will I, this rattles me, and I don't I don't know the guy, and I'm not part of the team. Like so, it has to really I would think rattle them, and it's 
I, know, it's I, tough. I think that, and from a football standpoint, is that because I'm with you, like they are equipped, Derek, like these guys have seen a shitload. You get to a point of diminishing, like you can't, like, like this is not something. Like I, to me, this is in a different world even than Gruden. And Gruden was crazy. I mean, Gruden was crazy. This is in its whole other category. Because you also remove a guy on an offense that was, to me, what made their offense pretty special is that they had the perfect balance, right? It's like part of having Tyreek Hill is then you can't have another Tyreek Hill. Like you've got to have Kelsey, right? They had Henry Ruggs to go deep. They had Hunter Renfro to work the middle of the field against slot receivers. They had Waller, who was kind of this unique chess piece who could also work short, but he had the speed to kind of work the middle of the field deeper down the field. Then they had a running game with now that Kenyon Drake playing and Brian Edwards kind of slowly coming along, but his body type was the perfect, you know, kind of teeter-totter to rucks. So it's like they all balanced each other out. And like when I wrote down the Raiders were in position to be the top seed, obviously their defense is much improved, but it was truly like they had a pretty dominant offensive unit. Right. And just they could do a little bit of everything. If they wanted to smash mouth and run it down your throat, they could do it. If Derek wanted to throw bombs to his tight end or his wide receiver, they could do it. And you remove that player, I think it just dramatically changes the way people play against him. Because the hard part is, I saw someone that, like, I don't know if he works for a Vegas radio station or the Las Vegas Review Journal or something, basically tweeted, like, reached out to several players this morning, basically shocked, saddened devastated like this is one of those where it just hits you like a ton of bricks because the coach player relationship while unique is much different than player to player and as a coach told me like he was pretty well liked you know I mean a lot of guys are but I'm just saying like he his personality like he was I think it's hard man yeah like a guy yeah that's you 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 I just I really wonder about about the not the production. Now I don't agree with Bill here on the stream. It says he had TDs. He only had two TDs. Stop this fake. They will they will miss him. Saying like that, you know, he did he wasn't that productive. I think he was more productive than that touchdown number. I think we've seen him affect games. I think uh I saw him affect games every week. But I think the I, I for me the emotional element of this is how how do you you know, I've heard enough football players say this, like to play a football game and to win a football game, you've got to be all in on that football game being the most important thing you're doing that week. Who was it that said every time I return a kick, I just accept that like I could have a season ending injury or I could die or whatever it was. Do you remember that last week or two weeks ago? Yeah, I, for, I forget that? I forget the player. I think it was a pretty solid player. And it was a crazy thing to say, but it's like I get like you just got to go out there with no fear and also just no cloudiness in your brain that this thing like you got to be all in on this thing because it's there's just a lot happening out there on a football field and I could just see it being really hard for these guys and I wouldn't blame them in the slightest to be all in on this football now maybe they can go the other sometimes it goes the other way right like you rally and you but I don't know I I think you get to a point you know where you read a story like I I mean I've lost all my grandparents lost my dad a couple years ago but when it's, you know, when you read something like this guy lost three people within a month and it's like, I just need to take a month away, right? You can, loss happens, right? I, I don't mean at this like situation, but crazy shit happens in all of our lives at any moment without you knowing it's coming. You, you, as a human being, 
you have no choice. It's inevitable. You never know when it's coming, right? We're all going away some way in some form or fashion. So you, it's, you're going to get hit with curveballs. But when, like, you get two or three things, you get to a point where, like, I, I don't know how. There are going to be some players, who knows, like maybe, you know, close guys on the team. He clearly, I'm sure, has several guys on the team that he's close with. Obviously, J- Josh Jacobs and them, they played together in college, right? I mean, that's think how long those two guys have known each other. Henry Ruggs and Josh Jacobs. Think just how many random February mornings with that crazy nut before he left to Georgia screaming at them on, you know, in college football when they do that training before spring ball when they just run at 6 a.m. out in the Alabama fields. You know, just those two guys sitting next to each other, right? At 17, 18, probably knew each other in high school recruiting trips. Who knows? Maybe I think Jacob's a little older when Henry came on a recruiting trip, maybe he stayed in the same dorm, in the same room, you know, like three guys lived in the same place. There's just, there's human connections that just trump on that team specifically because of the Alabama guys, right? Yeah. And and him, like they're starting running back and they're starting wide receiver. Two first round picks, two blue chippers. You know, what? I mean, I, I don't even know if they're close friends or what, but it's just, you're human. Yeah. Think of the other Bama wide receivers. They were all kind of close. Do you see, was it, what was it? Oh, it was Devontae when they played the Eagles. And after the game, they, they did that thing. They just kicked the Eagles' ass the and they jump. did the thing for the camera. Imagine being Devontae Smith right now. Right? Yep. I mean, that, that, that program, think how many guys it's produced all over the place. And we haven't even had, uh, to me, the emotional toll. We haven't even had the story yet of the, the person who died, right? Like that's going to be another part of this for them. Like we know somebody died, but what, what about when we start getting the story of who that person was and how this tears apart the lives of whoever loved that person? If you're a Raider player, you want to support your guy in some way, I guess, right? If he's your friend, but you also are in this position where this thing that he did created a whole tra- a whole other tragedy much greater than obviously a career or your season right a football game again that's what I go back to it's just as we're you. talking it's, about it's a, it, tough, a it's a tough spot game feels small compared to this and so we're talking about the football effect and even that feels weird because it is it's that's not the story here and yet they're going to play some football games now and well because they're just going to naturally feel they're never going to see him play with them again. Like, how would that not be the feeling inside the building? Like, we just lost our teammate to life, and he might go to jail. Like, he's just gone. It's just over. Honestly, I mean, I almost could feel to some guys, like, in a weird, you know, the de- the, it's just, yeah, it's just awful. Yeah. All right. Uh, on we go to the next thing. Jesus. I'm telling you, it's just, I... Just it's it's shitty. It's just shitty. Yeah, to, to me, it's an it's an NFL pretty crazy tragedy. Like it's one of those where like the like the Gruden thing is just a crazy sports story. Whatever you know. I mean, it's not in the same category. Awful. Not even in the same fucking universe. Yeah. People already thought the guy was an asshole scumbag, right? Like most people's opinion didn't even change. Yeah, and and the crime was very different. Well, yeah. I mean, nobody lost their lives, right? Or life. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, 
or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised crate free and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, but on we go, John, um, on to some other topics, including the fact that the Rams traded for Vaughn Miller and how this affects the 49ers and other things that come next. Deshaun Watson didn't get traded. Kyler looks like he's going to be out for the Niners uh, against the Niners. A bunch of NFL headlines, so a lot to get to. Um, but let's start with this. Vaughn Miller traded to the Rams for a second and a third. The Broncos are going to pay $9 million of the remaining $9.7 million. It leaves the Rams now with, let me read you their 2022 draft picks. First rounder, no. Second rounder, no. Third rounder, one. And it's a comp pick. It's not because they traded the second and the third for Vaughn. So the third rounder they have is going to be compensatory, which is, last I checked, back of the round. That's for Brad Holmes being hired. Fourth rounder, no. Fifth rounder, yep, they got a fifth. Sixth rounder, no, that was Sony Michelle. Seventh rounder, they have two, their own pick and a pick they got in the Akib Talib trade, which last I checked, he's playing for the volume and Fox. So that's the state that's the state of things for the Rams right now. That's an incredible just like trivia question. Like, where did they get the seventh round pick from? Akib hasn't he been out of the league for like three years? Um uh, Yeah, well, on a big picture for the 49ers, I, I just think, you know. The Red Sox, at one point in time, 
as the money really grew in sports, just realized like if we want to go toe to toe with the Yankees, we have to operate like the Yankees. And it felt like that happened in the 2000s, like after the Yankees had gone on the run. And when they tried to make that A-Rod trade, they just tried to match them. Like that, That's the only way. Now, baseball is a little different in football, but I don't think it can be argued. You are playing with a team. Like the Patriots, Patriots were the opposite of this, right? During their dynasty, right? The, of the Yankees. They were, they were, I wouldn't call them frugal, but they were just, they were always trading guys at the end of their careers. They were, they would in a million years, they did this one time. They did this one time and it was Brady's last year and they immediately regretted with Muhammad Sanu. Remember they traded like a second and third for Muhammad Sanu and it's like, this is a disaster. And Bill's like, I'm fucking never doing this again. <laughs> and the Rams just do not care. They, they, they really don't. Uh, now, I, I don't think all trades are equal. To me, the Matt Stafford trade is a guy 32 years old that could be on your team for another eight years and he's going to get extended. Jalen Ramsey was a 25-year-old lockdown corner look like he's going to the Hall of Fame. This is, and I, listen, I went to Super Bowl 50. I put, I think, $1,500 on two separate bets, like $750 and another $500 bet, and I won like three grand on that Super Bowl, and it was awesome. And this guy was a Super Bowl MVP. And back when, you know, you used to get Sundays off, this guy right here was going to watch shitty Raider games and watch, and I went to those Bronco games with Peyton Manning and that team, and they used to beat the shit out of him. And this guy... And yesterday, watching him kind of get teary-eyed on his way out, like with like the you know the local reporter interviewing him, I think the thing any fan will tell you all they truly want about their bet they want their best players to be great players. But I think if you truly give a shit and it feels like you're all in on the city, it's like this guy's one of ours. Like how Clay and Steph and Draymond have felt, Brandon Crawford's always felt like that. Uh, you know, I think Joe Staley always felt like that. And then you play really hard; they can't ask you for anything more. Right, if you're a great player, and you just have two things, you feel like you care about the city slash team, and you just every game you play hard. And I, Vaughn Miller made some of the. He used to beat the shit out of the Raiders. It did not feel like you know he's just kind of going through the motions, and clearly he was doing that in all their games. But that's not the guy anymore. Remember, he had a devastating injury last year. I think in training camp, missed the entire season. He. I didn't realize this till seeing the things get like tweeted out yesterday. He doesn't even know if he's healthy enough to play this week. Second and a third, like I, I admire their mindset and what they did for Matt Stafford clearly is, could that go down as the best trade in the history of the franchise? Really? I mean, when you think about it, Jared Goff has not won a game without Sean McVay in his career. Uh, yeah, I mean, what did they trade for Eric Dickerson? I don't know how they get him. Oh, they trade. They trade for Mar they trade for Marshall Falk. I think once from the Colts, that one worked out pretty well. That, oh, that's right, the St. Louis Rams. Yeah, I yes, forgot about St. that Louis franchise. Got him from the Colts, uh, but it's gonna. It, it has. They've a made chance, some good right? trades. I mean, Jalen Ramsey has it cost a lot, but he's he's been a really good player for them, right? Yeah. But Th yeah, that I, mean, might, I guess my point is this quarterback. Is, but this, this feels that. a, that's your point. This this feels a little bit more like. Uh, it feels like it happens in the NBA a lot. Two names that came to my mind were Weber and Allen Iverson, like as they get traded when it was over. But it was like, damn, AIs traded the Pistons. I think both they both in separate trades got traded to the Pistons. Maybe together. Did he end up with the Sixers? But it happens in the NBA historically a lot just because their individual players are so famous and there are just so many Vaughn Millers playing in the NBA. Russell Westbrook has been constantly traded. Now, he's a better version than Vaughn Miller at their own sport right now. But, Guy, I, I think this is an all-time great trade for the Broncos. He was a free agent. 
He was not going to be back on the team next year. And they just got a second and third round pick for, they were going to pay this guy anyway, right? If no one would trade for him. And to me, the yeah, Rams, it I felt mean, a little, it's, it's a know. good trade for the Broncos. It's one of those, like, let's, you know, it's a, at the end of the day, it's a good value trade for them. They got a second and a third. They bought a second and a third. If they draft, you know, corner, not cornerstones of their franchise, but starting players, then it's a really good trade for them. But their, their, their side of the trade is uninteresting, right? Their side yeah, of the trade yeah, was just smart yeah. and very good. Um, I think the one thing that gives Vaughn a chance, like if the Rams win the Super Bowl and Vaughn Miller plays for the Rams, then, then it's going to be hard to argue. Because that's, you know, what, what am I worried about the next five years if the whole thing is I'm trying to win a Super Bowl? Goal and that's sport. what they're trying to do, right? So you would trade a Super Bowl win for a whole draft for, for, for an a lot of drafts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for an entire now, draft. You know, the Rams haven't had a first-round pick. The Rams have been good for a few years now, John. They haven't had a first-round pick since Jared Goff in 2016. And they didn't have one this year anyway. Now, they've done a, they've gotten starters in the second and third. Like Tutu Atwell, obviously, was their second-rounder. Cam Akers, Van Jefferson, those Injury were second-rounders. Injury reserve, Tutu. Uh, but Van Jefferson's been a good player for him. Yeah. No, yeah. Taylor Rapp. But I think that, like, you can easily not get starters. Uh, nose bloom. He starts or note bloom. He starts for them, right? The tackle. He was a third rounder, but, it, but, um, but, but if you're the, here's the thing, the 49ers do not operate like that. Like it was pretty jarring when they made the trade for Trey Lance. Right. I mean, it was, I mean, it's an all time story. I mean, we, we built a business yeah. off for a month off of it. It was incredible. It was awesome. But like part of the reason it was awesome is it was so crazy. This, it was weird seeing them get traded, but then you're like, oh, the Rams traded draft picks. It's not even weird anymore. Everyone's numb to it. Like, but this is not going to stop. Like, they're, okay, this draft, whatever. Well, then the next year in season, why wouldn't they trade, you know, next year's one when, uh, you know, uh, fucking, I'm just, you just throw out a player. Roquan Smith is available. Oh, they'll give two ones for Roquan Smith, right? They, they will just keep doing this. You are in a team. Now, I'm not saying they're the Yankees because the Yankees were winning when the Red Sox had to start matching them. I mean, winning titles. Like, this team is winning, but they have, they've only been to one Super Bowl, and that was you know several years ago. But you are with a team that will do everything no matter what for the immediate future. And you just are going to have to match. And as long as they have Stafford, they, they are not going to go away, right? That's the thing. Now they're in position where they can kind of do that for three or four years. Belichick defended some of his moves Right over the last three or four years, when people are like you didn't hit on any picks, like what? He's like, well, we we were always living in the present those last two or three years with Tom, and that, that that's just how they're operating with a guy that's much younger. So if you're the Niners, like, you, you better be careful about always taking the long. Like, can you? Will you just trade a second for like, uh, you know? I mean, again, I'm just throwing out, you know, if Adam Thielen. I'm just throwing out names, but you know they will, right? You're just gonna have to start matching them with talent. Yeah, I mean, drafted talent or whatever. I mean, the fact at some point, it you would think it comes home to roost a little bit. But I guess they could, as we were talking about our my bookie, uh, you know, you press your advantage. They could keep just pressing and pressing and pressing because they've been doing it for a while now, right? They two the two firsts plus a fourth for Jalen Ramsey. Uh, they traded for Marcus Peters and they traded him away. They traded. Remember, they traded a first for Brandon Cooks. That thing was pretty wild. They got a fourth forgot, back. Forgot, guy forgot about that. Sammy Watkins, remember that trade? Forgot Not about as that. crazy, but that was a hold on. I'm scrolling through my uh, my. Uh, Sammy Watkins was a second, 
a, a cornerback EJ Gaines for Sammy Watkins, but it was a second. But do you agree the Niners won't do these things? Most teams they have things. They haven't. Yeah. But 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 they're who you're chasing. Like Seattle will, as long as Pete and John are there, they will. The the the, the yeah. The, I mean the Cardinals who, will. They are who you're chasing, but I don't think it's it's definitely this is not the only way to do it. You don't have to do it this way in order to be as good as the Rams. Right. Just draft Aaron Banks and uh, all the other guys and inactivate them. Is well, the I mean, it's just it? you. You know, if you got a few good players and you're like the Rams, this is one I'm, way to do it. I'm I pro drafting and developing, but the Niners have their drafting is fucking a little weird right now, right? Yeah, I just to, to me, it's not that you have to do it this way. The, to me, the lesson is just the pressure is gonna be on you every year. There's never gonna be free years. I said free f r e e, right? As good as the Patriots were, they could have won a lot of divisions. But they had a lot of years where their division just wasn't any good. They got lucky right. that way for sure. I'm. I well, that's okay. That's that you don't uh, don't apologize for that. I'm just saying, between Seattle, who tent who kind of operates this way too, right? But the Patriots were really like after a while they weren't focused on Miami, the Jets, or the Bills. Weren't they more locked into like the Colts, the Steelers? When the Chiefs came, the Ravens. Like they they viewed it like the AFC, right? More than like their equals. <laughs> Or people chasing them. Right? Absolutely, but I yeah, but they but part of the reason they could do it that part of the reason they could view it that way is because they had six games in their division that you figure every year like at worst we're going four and two, and it felt like they were going five and one, six and zero oh a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just it's stressful. There's a reason. I mean, they didn't just the Niners wanted Stafford, right? So now he's in their division, and Kyler's in their division, and Russell's in their division for now. But Seattle kind of operates this way. We'll see. I, Arizona has traded for Chandler Jones before. Now the Niners traded for Trent Williams. How about their wide receiver? They traded for two of them. And then they, yeah. I mean, they just I mean, kind of chase those guys. Even Hopkins was a trade, but A.J. Green assigning, J.J. Watt assigning. They just go after that type of player. That, that's that's my point, that, that Steve Kime is very aggressive, and he has been his whole time. Because think of the coach he hired, right? Bruce Arians and now Cliff. Like, he, he wants to be a riverboat camp. I think Steve Kime's good. Schneider and Pete are well-established. Like, the three teams in their division. Now, Schneider and Pete could change. I don't think Schneider necessarily will, but if Pete changes, I, I actually think Schneider is really aggressive too, right? I mean, he. I, I mean, he's – it's hard to tell, you know, because I think he trades down. Who knows? We'll find out more if Pete ever leaves. But we know for a fact Kime and Les slash McVay are – they don't give a shit, right? If they can get – like, I, I, I just think the Niners – and listen, they, Prague's really smart. John Lynch is really smart. Kyle is just a coach. <laughs> but an Emmy smart coach, but he's a coach. You know, coaches think a little differently than those guys. They're a little bit more like cost-benefit analysis. Like you're going to Wharton School of Business getting the breakdown on the whiteboard. Like, I don't know if there's that much fucking whiteboard breakdown going on with the ramps. Right? Uh, no, it does not feel that way. And because there was well, there might the be it might be a result of them having done it and having a different philosophy. Like our your hit rate in the draft is just not high enough to justify not acquiring established players. Why I I just think it gets where you don't have to do as much cost benefit analysis when you have had a lot of success doing something a specific way. Like once, like why do you guys do a podcast? Well, because we're doing having a lot of success doing it. Right, we didn't need to pivot and change and beg to go back to radio or do something else. Right, you, once you start doing something and it works, you just do it. Right, it's just yeah. a lot of people start podcasts and then quit them. You know, we just keep on going. Like they just keep on going. I'm not comparing us to the Rams, but you know, Tito's no big deal. Number one podcast in America. <laughs> yeah, I um, 
I, I think it's as simple as they're going to put the pressure on you. And that means that your mistakes, when you make mistakes, it's harder. It's harder to overcome mistakes when your whole division is constantly pressing, 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 pressing. Now, the beauty of it is there's a wild card, right? There are wild cards. You don't have to win your division. Three. Three wild cards, actually. Kind of crazy. Uh, so you don't have to win your division, but it partly you have to win games and you play these teams six times. Well, when they when they and had you've had success, an advantage again, like you have beaten them. That's the other thing. When they had their most success as a franchise, one of the most successful runs in sports history from 1981 till about 1999, up until 80 got popped. That was their ethos. They were that team. They were that guy. Jerry copied the Niners. Right. I mean, that's they were they operated like the Lakers. They operated like the Yankees, and now like that's the Rams in this division, and that's been Seattle. Now Seattle, they've now you're right. The Rams did some weird. You know, they didn't hit on them all. Seattle feels like missed on more of them, uh, and the and the Cardinals, there just haven't been as many for them. But they've fucking been pretty nails on Hopkins and Chandler Jones, right? I mean, the Niners would die to have either one of those guys, especially Chandler. Yeah, but. You know, they that's not really been the Niners MO. It's no. It's not. So if you are gonna do the draft and develop thing and they had a bunch of picks last year, it's like, well, it's like they got they got a DB problem. Well, they drafted two DBs, neither of them can dress. It's like their offensive lines, you know, their guard's kind of questionable. Well, they drafted a guard in the second round, he cannot dress. It's fair to say that this year, that strategy for them, utilizing all those, you know, mid to early round picks past Trey Lance, have been shitty. Right? Because we're living in the now. I would say it's even in the now it's you are missing an opportunity. Like if, if you could operate your franchise one of two ways, how would you do it? If I said, you're going to get to the Super Bowl, you're going to get to the Super Bowl or you'll be, you know, I shouldn't say you're going to get to the Super Bowl. You're going to be a playoff team. You can choose one of two ways to do it. Which way would you do it? Draft and develop your players or trade your picks all the time and never have a first rounder. Well, if I'm the head coach, it wouldn't matter. I mean, I'm just asking matter. you, John Middlecoff, what's the better if way? If I'm to the do GM, it? I would rather draft and develop because you get a lot of credit for drafting. I know, but I'm not talking about credit. I'm just saying you, John Middlecoff, you watch football. What's the better way to do it? Yeah, I mean, I would trade for guys because drafting's really hard. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you can be good either way, what's the better way to be good? Yeah, drafting them. Drafting them, of course. So here are the Niners with all these draft picks, an opportunity to do it a better way than the Rams are doing it. And but what, you said, that but, but why, why is it a better way, though? Because it's more cost-effective. It's more sustainable long-term. But aren't they kind of proving that's not true? I, again, what I'm saying is, if there's a if I'm saying you're a playoff team, there is clearly a better way to do it. If either way gets you to the same end game, your window is open longer if you do it through the draft. That's the better way to do it. Yeah, in theory, but I think well, that's yes, proven. that's what I'm like, talking the about. Ram, the Rams, my, the, Ra my, the Rams win won't point, end. My point here is the Niners have their the Rams are going one way, and when you do it the way the Rams do it, you have a high ceiling. You also open up the possibility that it won't be sustainable long term. And the 49ers, then, if you are going about it the other way, you can make your team more cost effective than one of your rivals if you do it right. And the 49ers have not done it right. So the Rams have opened the door in their division because of the way they do it for in three or four years for potentially to bite them. But you have to be ready to take advantage of it biting them. And right now, 
the Niners are not ready to take advantage of it biting them. Now, what you're saying is maybe it never bites the Rams. Maybe the Rams just keep doing this. Maybe they do. We'll see. But I think the I, I think uh, 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 the cost-effective way, if it gets you to the same place, is definitely the better way to do it. But you have to well, be ready guy, to take advantage. And the Niners are not in a position to take advantage of it because they've missed on a lot of picks. Uh, let me see. Can I? The Niners have a higher payroll than the Rams right now. The Niners. Yeah, they've got expensive players too. I mean, but they. Yeah, I mean, only, only, they're, only five teams. I mean, five teams have a more expensive payroll than the Niners. The Rams are somehow, I don't know how it's possible, but. The Niners, but also like the Niners have made the move like with D Ford and it's been a disaster and they doubled down on it by moving his money back. So it's like, if you are here to me, the key, because you could argue cost effect, I, I think cost effective for a year or two, but immediately, like if you hit on a third round pick, usually by the time, you know, for the most part, like they're not going to be an all like pro as a rookie. So by the second year, they're good. You really get two years at a cheap price because you have to expend them after the third year. Where like when I trade and buy like the Bills with Stefan Diggs, I immediately get a plug and play guy. Like part of the problem with the draft and the develop strategy is that assumes your team's really good, which as we see with the Niners, they're not that great. And then like everyone's timeline is not the same. For every right, you know, uh, Debo Samuel, there might be a maybe maybe Lenore is good in two years, but shit, he didn't help the you know this year and next year, right? So it's all kind of off kilter, right? Yeah. It's never like on the same plane. Like, yeah, ideally, if I just get Micah Parsons, and it's like, is Micah Parsons Ladanian or not Ladanian, but uh, Lawrence Taylor, right? And you just get a guy ready to roll. But I'm watching, you know, the Niners, their their picks. Like, I fuck, I don't even know if like the majority of them are ever going to be any good. Well, yeah, I'm not saying it's working. I'm just saying if you can hit on if you hit I, your I, picks. I, but I guess my that- point, my point is the co- you you're hammering this cost effective thing. I do wonder as the cap keeps growing and growing and growing, you just have a little more wiggle room. I do wonder if that's a little overrated. Maybe. I mean, eventually it's everyone's salary is a percentage of the cap. The more the cap grows, the more people get paid. But you can always amortize stuff and move stuff around. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, it's just to me, the more moves you have to make, the more opportunities there are to miss. And so when you have to constantly make moves, you have opportunities to miss. Now, the the counter to that is, well, the more rookies you draft, the more chances you have to miss as opposed to established players. Now, we're also arguing about stuff like Vaughn Miller has nothing in common with Matt Stafford or Jalen Ramsey, right? When they trade all those capital for those two guys, those guys combined, if they don't get hurt, could be on the team for a total of like 15 years combined, right? Matt Stafford could be on the team eight. Jalen could be on the year eight. Well, hell, 16 years. You know, Whereas Vaughn, Vaughn, that's where I go back to the Vaughn thing. To me, that what you're arguing fits with Vaughn. You, trading a second and third round, it's very baseball-y, right? Hey, it doesn't happen anymore because these guys are too smart. But like when we were like in junior high and college, you would just trade your three sweet prospects for CC Sabathia and he was going to leave. And it was like, you know, this is, could bite you in a couple years. And it did often to a lot of teams. Where this is like you're trading a second and third round pick, which at this pace are going to be like pick 28 to 32 range at the end of each round. But this guy is not going to be on your team next year, more than likely. So you're just getting these. He better be damn good. And he's already injured like that. that, You're right on this player and this argument. To me, it doesn't fit on the digs and the and the Jalen's who just. Yeah. Are on your team for a long time. 
and are better than two first-round picks. Like, you give any team the ability to take two two players in the first round over back-to-back years, more likely those two guys will combine not be as good as Jalen Ramsey, Stephon Diggs. You, you just go around, right? Matt Stafford, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, but it all, to me, this is why you pay what you pay for a quarterback. It's because none of it works if you don't have the quarterback, right? True. Ra- yeah. Ramsey and Donald, I mean, Donald, obviously, but none of it, like the reason they go all in on Stafford, you, you could have, they could have traded two more picks for Stafford. It would have been worth it because he's good enough and he yeah. makes the other things make sense. The other thing is they've like, turned around some of these times too and traded the person they acquired. Now that's not going to happen with Fawn, but. Like right now, for example, the team with the highest payroll in the league is the Dallas Cowboys. And they actually, when you think about it, have a ton of young impact guys, right? Now, granted, they're high picks. You know, Micah Parsons is not like, they got Micah Parsons in the fourth, like he is the 11th pick in the draft. You know, uh, CC or it's not CC CD Lamb was the 17th pick. So it's not, they're not getting that guy for $800,000. So they've hit on picks, but two of their better players are first-round picks making four or five million. It's not nothing, right? George Kittle, Russell Wilson, even Dak several years ago. That is, the, the, there is no value in all of sports beside baseball when you get the guy in the first couple of years, right? And he becomes a star. Like paying a star, eight hundred grand. That's the best value Nothing in like sports. It. Eight hundred grand. It's the yeah. best. Yeah. I, that's why it's, it is, to your point, impressive that the Rams had a first-round quarterback, succeeded with him pivoted from him to an expensive quarterback and are still really good. They were able, the whole argument on the Rams is they survived because of Matt Stafford. Without him, they could not have kept going. This is not sustainable without Matt Stafford. But once you do, you're able to keep operating like the Yankees. Like, would shock you if next year, let's say, let's say they have a devastating loss this year. Like they've gone all in Packers beat them in the NFC championship the, the the Rams lose the Packers in the NFC championship game and they host it right and the Packers go in there and beat them then next season like they're still going to be in Super Bowl bus mode like that there's a guy that's unhappy I, I'm just going to pick a random uh who would be a guy like uh Justin Jefferson's like I fucking I want out like this I, I Mike I hate cousins like I this is I this sucks and they trade two ones to go get Justin Jefferson or something. Yeah. You know, would that shock you? No, it shouldn't. Now it would yeah. shock me. I know it doesn't necessarily add up, but I'm just saying maybe maybe yeah. two twos to get maybe he's too good. But you know what I'm saying? Like right. Like that guy, like they will well, continue to do that. But I and I would also say from a Niner standpoint, it already has affected them, right? Jamal Adams, multiple ones for him, the Rams operating the way they operate. The Niners traded multiple ones to go get a quarterback. Like the Niners are operating like they're feeling in so, now. Maybe it's not related, but they're operating like it. Like if if Jared Goff was still the quarterback of the Rams, and Matthew Stafford had never been traded, would the 49ers have traded up to acquire Trey Lance? Maybe because he was getting his ass kicked last year without a quarterback. Yeah, maybe they would have. If Kyler Murray was on the Dolphins and uh, the Dol- and the Cardinals were sure looking for a quarterback. But, so I I think it shows you though. He doesn't maybe have to be a top five guy, but I'd say anything less than basically being a top ten guy, the Niners are in big trouble. Well, they are, but that's not even a reflection of the rest of the division. No, no, no. What happens? I'm just saying, I think the way the Rams operate, the fact that the Cardinals, now the Cardinals haven't necessarily done the same thing. They did it for Hopkins, though, and they just 
scrapped a first round quarterback and drafted another one the next year. They, said, they got lucky it. because they I know people the say that. Pick. Yeah, but but it's like I know people say it's not value to draft quarterback in the first round back that year. Screw it. This is what we got to do. So, yeah, the Niners have operated as if that environment has affected them. They outbid the Chiefs for Trent Williams. Now, he's the number one player, according to PFF, this year. But it's already affected, in, I think, the way the Niners operate. Yeah. Well, Kyler's going nowhere. I mean, I know he's injured right now, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, injured as long as he's healthy. And well, Stafford. So, it's like you uh, – is bo- both those guys are top 10 quarterbacks this year, right? Yeah. And they're not, and Kyler's 25 and Stafford is 32. So they're going nowhere. And if Russell, and I would imagine even if Pete goes, wouldn't you say John Schneider will do everything humanly possible to figure out, fix that relationship? Like he more than likely, I know you can pray for it, but you know, they would be insane to trade him. So like, that's who you're going against. You're not just like, you know, you got to have a top quarterback to win. So why you need Mahomes right now? Well, yeah, you need a top quarterback to win. We know that for a fact. Just to win these fucking divisional games, you got three guys. I mean, Russell, when healthy, is a top three guy. Stafford is going to establish himself as a top seven, eight guy. Kyler is right there, too. Like, holy moly. Like, Trey cannot be just, like, solid, or you you will lose. It's just that simple. Like, to me, it just does show you, like, it's all, the three first-round picks better turn into a blue-chip guy or else they're in trouble. Well, uh, you know, and, and to counter my point from earlier a little bit, if I said, are the Rams going to be – are the Rams going to be good every year for the next five years? I'd say, yeah, they're going to be good every year for the next five years. As long as Stafford's healthy, yeah. Right. Because Aaron, like, for example, Donald is getting older. Like, he maybe their defense won't be as good, but they, their offense is dynamic. Jason says, it's not a better way to do it, whatever the Niners are not doing it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, all right, John, before we go on, let me mark down something. Okay, John, before we go on, let's tell the people about Overland.com slash ham. Overland.com slash ham. This is where you get the comfy, warm, well-made slippers that are uh, on the feet of ham as we speak. I think yours are on your feet. Well, no, just because it was a work day, I put on. Shoes in the house? I got Nikes on, you know. Oh, okay. you sometimes you gotta you can't just you know it's the afternoon you know yeah. yep even though we're working you know it's a, it's I go a slippers in the house this is a, a slippers house so I go slippers in the house but yeah. nonetheless I, I tend I tend to but I, I love my slippers I had them on earlier I uh, just wanted to get in the podcast mindset but I've done several pi- podcasts with the Overland slippers Overland.com slash ham just go to the website I can't recommend it enough I love my slippers they're they're mine all right there I love them they're they're Where awesome I'm scrolling here yeah right there oh, yeah, right these. there. Please. Yep. Did you just, get them in brown? I got them in brown, yeah. Yeah, those are good. Indoor, outdoor. A, good soul. You know, it's, it feels like the slippers that Tony Soprano always walked to go get his paper with, you know? <laughs> uh, Overland, John, family-owned, American Heritage brand. It's put comfort and quality first for nearly 50 years. They also have a bunch of other. You sent me a, uh, a link to some of their, like, big old sheepskin leather coats outerwear, accessories, beautiful belts, gloves, expert craftsmanship to pair the highest quality merino sheepskin, which is naturally moisture wicking, temperature regulating, antimicrobial with supportive memory foam insoles to make the slippers that feel better and wear better for longer. Don't wait another day. Don't wait another day. Get the best, highest quality sheepskin slippers on the market. Overland.com slash ham. Also brought to you by... This might be dinner tonight, 
Puesto. Puesto, 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 John. This is premier. This is elite. This is top of the line. This is Mexican food as good as you can find it in Northern California and Southern California at Levi Stadium. Thanks to Eric and Alex Adler who are uh, putting together incredible menus and wonderful drinks. Guy, do you know that it's Tuesday we're recording this? That starting this week, that the one in Concord and the one in Santa Clara, if you're listening, if you live in Southern California as well, Taco Tuesday is going down, starting at 3 o'clock every day. Do you know what happens on Taco Tuesday? What? You get half half off tacos. So your tacos, $8, $4. I mean, I, if I went right now, I, I really haven't eaten anything all day. I, for that price point, I mean, I could four. I mean, I five tacos pretty easily. Now they're big, but it's like, how would you not order that? You're like, God, it's so such a deal. You know, you're like spending twenty four dollars. Did five you tacos. not eat the chips and guac? Did you not eat any taquitos? How are you put down five? The yeah, tacos are it, huge. You know, it's just may, hell. Maybe I'll save for the next. It's just they're fantastic. Taco Tuesday, half off tacos every Tuesday. I love a good Taco Tuesday. We love Tito's Tuesday. Now we got Tacos Tuesday. And if you're going to the Arizona game this week, do you know where Presto is, guy? I do. Section, section 110 and section 129. Yeah, so, you know, you're in the stadium. You're at Levi's, the house uh, Jed slash Harbaugh built. Check it out, 110-129. Gideon Harbaugh, you? you know, he, impact, he impacted it. You know, he Absolutely. Did. Didn't want to have, uh, you know, the team out on the field for the uh, first season ticket holder workout. It, but It was slippery, guy. It was slippery. We got divots, you know, like potentially you at uh, – Sources say you might be playing Olympic Club on Friday. You know, well, sources say you might be playing Olympic Club on Friday. <laughs> yeah, also, you know, you might have extended an invite. I'll see you there. <laughs> uh, my favorite, John, is the quesabiria taco, which is the crispy melted cheese, braised short rib, Jalisco salsa, pickled radish, classic guacamole. Uh, they make their tortillas in-house daily from scratch. Mm, it's delicious. The oh. masa from Macienda, the best you can find on the market. John likes the uh, Baja fish taco. The uh, the Oh, no, you like the, the tamarindo shrimp taco. Like those two. Over 500 tequilas and spirits, many of which you can't find anywhere else. They also have got – did you mention Happy Hour or just Taco Tuesday? I just mentioned Taco Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, happy Hour, Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m., $9 Puesto Perfect Margarita, $7 Wine by the Glass, $6 Shot of the Day, $5 Puesto Draft Beers, and half off all the snacks and shares. As Lydia from uh, Puesto told us, if you want to take your Taco Tuesday and double it up with your uh, – happy hour two hours you can do the taco tuesday and get you know so you get the half off tacos and if it's between three and five p.m you're also getting the happy hours deals so that's just one way to maximize value john get on it that's what uh, farhan would do farhan it just can is just apoplectic right now at less neat he cannot understand it can he he cannot understand it irony is the giants all of sabian's big contracts like you know yeah Sabian was less neat. Yeah, and, but it's like it got him a, a MVP candidate Crawford, fantastic po- posy year. Um, you know, I mean, as I've heard Papa say, if Johnny Cueto was as good as he was opening day against the Rockies, it would have had you another good pitcher. Maybe he's back. So, uh, you know, as, as you know, going to the – we always end up talking college baseballs with our buddy Brian Hawkins last week. He, at St. Mary's, they played UCLA, and Crawford was – you know, he's one of those guys – Already a pro defensively. He couldn't hit. Right. Like he deserves a lot of credit for, you know, improving as a hitter. No doubt. But you know, you know who he gives credit to? Uh, the Giants? Like the twenty seven assistant coaches they had. But he could hit before even they he showed. Could, right? But I mean in there was a there was a big ad- article in the Athletic with him. Like, you know, all these guys they lost one of the guys, like they're they're like the seventh Rangers, assistant yeah, I saw, I saw. coach. <laughs> the base hitting coach went to the Rangers. 
So, well, when you're making 45 and someone offers you 85, you got to jump, you know, you got to jump. No doubt. I'm absolutely. (laughs) Anyway. All right. Uh, Next up, John, Kyler Murray, ankle, Niners, Cardinals, pick them, pick them. Cardinals were undefeated until the other day. It's a pick them. And um, I think we got to view this game a lot like we viewed the Bears game now for the Niners. A game you got to win. A game that not only would hurt your playoff chances if you lose, but would look like a bad loss if you look to the Kyler lose to the Kylerless Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. If Kyler was playing in this game, the pressure on them to win would still be immense, right? They've played, they've right. beat him before. They have to win just to to have a chance at the playoffs. You got to win games. You're at home. They hadn't won a fucking game at home. It feels like since 2006. I mean, their, their record at home under Kyle these last couple of years is pretty nuts. But w- when you take Kyler, who, you know, is he their best player? He's definitely their most important player. Anytime you got a quarterback who's competing to be the MVP, like, I'm, I'm sorry, you take that guy away and you put in Colt McCoy, I, I think it becomes must win. Now, unlike the Bears, even removing Kyler, they're still really good, right? Even and removing JJ Chandler Jones still exists. Simmons is much better than all my friends thought he was going to be whenever I watch them. Like, he does hit some people pretty hard. Their defense has played pretty well this year. Offensively, they got weapons everywhere. Now, is Colt McCoy going to be able to get them to him? Like, I I don't think it's possible to lose to Colt McCoy and just feel like everyone won't be furious. (laughs) Where it's like, you're mad after a loss no matter what when you're a team with the expectation of the Niners, but losing to Kyler, it's like, well, maybe it's just they're just way better. We're not as good. Jimmy Garoppolo can't. I, it, it would be bad, but I, I think with Colton McCoy, it now becomes like you just, it's a must win. Like, I, I don't think there's any way you lose and people aren't saying, I never want to see Jimmy Garoppolo again. Kyle Shanahan's an idiot again. It's kind of a disaster. With Colt McCoy starting and playing. Yeah, I mean, look, it it would be disrespectful to the Cardinals to say the Niners should be favored in this game. Okay, let me be clear. I'm not saying that. Even without Kyler? Well, but let me just make the point. But the fact is, without Kyler Murray, for all the issues the Niners have had, Kittle's back, Trent Williams is back, you got Debo Samuel, Ayuk is healthy, the quarterback that you plan to have as your starting quarterback is your starting quarterback. Nick is healthy. Eric Armstead's healthy. Like, this is not the complete team that you intended to have. But if I had told you before the season started, here are the players the 49ers have, and here are the players the Cardinals have, you'd say to me, well, are the Niners favored by a touchdown? Right? Without Kyler? So I know this team has not, like, in a short amount of time, we've determined to talk about this team like a Super Bowl contender was a, mis- a, a, a mischaracterization of what this team is. But if I told you before the year that this was the matchup, you'd go the Niners are favored by a touchdown. Yeah, at home. So, you know, I there's a pick them. Like I said, I'm not going to say it's just, I don't want to be disrespectful to the Cardinals, but you should win this game. Yeah, he started, he started, fi- he started five games since 2015. He's sneaky older than you think. Like I was going to, how old is Cole McCoy? I was going to say 31. He's 35. You know, now it makes sense. Like, he was kind of in college when you and I were in college. Like, you know, he was in the mid to late 2000s. But, like, he doesn't play, right? He's one of those classic backup quarterbacks that hasn't really had to play for years. So, like, I, you know, he's an athletic guy with an average arm. Now, back to what we were talking about, about the team independently with Kyler. 
part of the reason they're so good with Kyler, he does have a lot of sweet players to throw to. Like AJ Green has been good this year. Rondale Moore, I, I can't tell you how many people like God. I thought he was a first round talent. We just freaked out in our draft room about some of the injuries, the soft tissue stuff. Well, you and I have watched him enough now. He's a first-round talent for sure. Yeah, and you don't – like Colt McCoy doesn't have to throw the ball 45 yards down no, the field just, on a fuck, dime. Couldn't you just hand it to him? Like, can't just you just does, bring around some of the Just get him the ball the way – most of the quarterbacks in the league can get Rondale more of the ball the way they get him the ball. They've added Zach Ertz, you know, who's clearly just a primetime type player. Immediate impact. Yeah, and it's it's not – I'm not acting like this is – you're playing the Houston Texans Absolutely here. Absolutely not. You're not playing the Bears. But, no, you're not playing the Bears. Though – the Justin Fields we saw, that quarterback, like Colt McCoy is not that talented, right? He could do things in that game that Colt is not going to be able to do. Now, the other guys around him, it's different. It probably all balances out. Because yeah. I, I thought just watching Justin Fields, like he would have made those plays against the majority of teams, some of those plays, right? Physically, he's just – like most teams don't have Nick Bosa, let alone like a guy that can run – like when he would just like get 12 yards for a scramble. Like who's he not scrambling for a first down in that situation? You know, that's where I think you got to find a way to no style points. This isn't like you can tell the Chiefs last night. We're like, you know, we won, but we're not too happy. You, no one will give a shit. You win this game three, nothing, 31, 29, however you got to win it. But I'd, a loss is devastating. I, they're in must win mode when you play Cole McCoy. I can't say that the following week. You're, you're surely going to be an underdog. Even if you play well, you could win this game by 10 points. The Niners are the underdog to the Rams, right? The following week, Monday Night Football, even though they're hosting them. At 1,000%, yeah. So, and, and by the by the time this, I don't think it's inconceivable by as more information comes out, as practice goes along, like if they officially call Kyler out, by the time you're listening to this, you know, Wednesday afternoon, we'll get injury reports. But let's say on th- Thursday, they go, listen, Kyler's going to be out this week. Next week will, is a new week. He's not out. We don't know any longer in this week, but he's officially out. I can see that line going to like minus two, minus three Niners. Because it's, I mean, he's, Kyler by himself is probably worth a tough, you know, you could justify like 10 points. What he's done to their team. I mean, right. holy moly. Yeah. The Niners are catching MVP. a break here. Even though, as we said, you don't apologize for breaks when you've led the league in injuries. No, but, uh, you know, it's it's the Cardinals are second in the league in defensive yards per attempt. Now, they, you know, you can run the ball on them, and them losing J.J. is a massive deal for the 49ers. We kicked McGlinchey's ass the last time they played. I said on the last pod, but part of this is like, it just maybe allows Kittle to run some more routes, and you can throw him the ball instead of having to pass protect all the time. So I think you got to keep your fingers crossed. Like, I mean, I hope he's back, but, like, are we 100% sure? Like, no, you're right. Play. For sure. And yeah. Hopkins, even if he's not 100%, it's just he can just make plays, right? You see Elijah Mitchell's hurt. I mean, he might play this week, but he hurt his ribs in that game. I mean, he's getting pelted every play. He's a 49ers running back. I mean, what it happens to every other one of them. But, like, he's their best running back, clearly. Yes, he is. Right? <laughs> so. But he's in, a, he's in a long line of, like, four years of running backs that look good and then get hurt. <clears throat> Jeff Wilson Jr. is coming back from when he sat down in a chair and tore his knee. He's back this week. Okay. In theory, again, he's Sermon, is he back from the season-long injury? Well, no, I just, you know, they're not saying it, but it kind of feels like they don't think he's very good. Even though, in fairness, Trey Sermon, I've seen him have one carry, it looked awesome, and he got KO'd. He did he look awesome. He got killed. Yeah. Big hole. I They need him, because they can run the ball. Now, I mean, I, yeah. You'd hate to have them find something with Elijah Mitchell and then lose it, but even if he's out, John, I, like that's not going to change the way... I mean, it does change the way I look at them, but that's 
They should still win well, the football game. One question I have about the Niners, are they ever going to play any of their young guys this year? Like, are, are you just living with, and listen, Josh Come Norman. Ambry Thomas? Yeah, I'm just saying, like, is Josh Norman just get on, is he on scholarship this year? Because he's, like, tough. He can't run. He commits pass interferences at rapid Creates rates. Creates turnovers. Again, I'm I'm not against dressing him ago. and playing him sometimes, but like, are you just not just these guys are just redshirt years? That's just this is where they're at. Seems a little nuts to me. It's not nuts if you missed on the pick. But how do you know you miss on the pick until the guy plays? Yeah, I mean, I, I, practice does tell you something. Well, they clearly think they're not even close to ready. Slash, because they need them. When you're not ready, you're basically saying you're not good enough right now. Right, like what those guys are in their minds, they're not good enough. And when you draft and guys, wrong, where they draft evaluators. Them? Awesome, awesome, off, opposite of awesome, awful. Because Terrible. they they have them at like running back and cornerback and offensive line. Like these are areas they could use the help, especially corner and running back. Yeah. So if they can't get on the field in these circumstances. Now some coaches, this is what I always say: they're not always right. Like I, I can't just assume that they have evaluated their personnel. Well, someone was wrong. Someone's wrong along the way. Either they're not good enough, so you missed on the pick, or they should be playing, and you're not playing them, and you're missing on the opportunity. Weird. Bad. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now the Niners did add a player, John, before the trade deadline. It was one of the classic Bleacher Report updates where it's like Niners add former Texas Longhorn, and you're like, oh, Ricky Williams? No. Roy Williams? No. The Acho brothers? <laughs> and Acho? <laughs> Who else we got? Uh, uh, they actually remember they went, through a, they went through a very dry spell. It's not like Oklahoma where you could – you got cocky there and realized, like, they don't have as many players as you think. You, no, you were acting like they were Georgia or Alabama, and then you're like, uh – Dicker, Ricky. the kicker. <laughs> yeah, they, they do not – they have not produced NFL players on the level of a lot of their counterparts. Uh, no. But – the Niners did acquire Charles Omanihu, I believe. I think it's Omanihu. And uh, so you reached out, checked out on some people, checked up on I'd some never, people. I'd, I'd never heard of him. Now, I don't watch much Texas football. <clears throat> Beside, I've gotten a lot of joy this year watching Sark lose. But being a fifth-round pass rusher, I was like, okay, you know, not nothing. Uh, and th they need pass rushers because D Ford plays about three snaps a game, it feels like. And beside Bosa, they do not get much edge pressure. Whenever I see 91 out on the, like, playing defensive end, I'm like, that's not his position. You need 91 inside. Well, inside but the problem too. is well, he does with Kinlaw out. Well, Kinlaw, you know, he's out for the year. Uh, it's not ideal. But here's what I was told. Two separate six, scouts that have, that have watched him. And let me, just before you say, just for people who don't, 6'5", 280 pounds, 24 years old. All right, go ahead. First guy. He's got some talent, big-time flash guy, but he's an underachiever. I didn't love his character coming out, typical Texas guy. So, not great re-endorsement. Next one's a little and more positive. By the way, typical Texas guy, does that mean like probably highly recruited but never lived up to like a four-star or something like that? Is that generally what well, that means? Well, right away, when you list he's 6'5", 280, there aren't that many humans like that coming out, right? There aren't – how many 6'5", 280 guys on defense are in that guy's conference in college? Oklahoma doesn't have many, and they'd be the only program to have him. It's odd, John. He was a three-star recruit, so maybe he was an under, you know, underdeveloped out of the guy state of Texas. So you know, and sometimes this is where you know I think the media pushes back in the off season when quotes come out because sometimes quotes get thrown around. It might, if you really dove into it, well, this guy doesn't fall. Remember Mario Edwards? 
who basically just got drafted because he was the number one overall recruit, but in college, he was a huge underachiever. Like every underachiever is not equal. Now, here's what I would, here's my guess is that hearing, been in draft meetings, hearing that when you go out to practice, by the time he's a draft eligible player, he's probably one of the better looking guys for that guy doing that region, like Texas, you know, up through the Big 12 country. Like there just aren't that many 6'5, 280 guys who then my, my second buddy goes, big, strong, hard charging rusher. So he's got the size. He actually has some pass rush ability. Little stiff and robotic, but he can play the wide nine and some of the one gap stuff the Niners do. Can bump inside a little too and has some power and speed to get on the guards. Not really very good against the run though. Kind of lacks instincts and just kind of gets in no man's land. So just for a guy that was a fifth round pick that I think they value that they can put in this scheme, who's just big, you know, and, uh, I think it's more than a flyer. Like, this guy's going to play, right? Like, to me, Arden Key, this guy's playing over Arden Key probably right away. Now, you know, Lombardi had a tweet, David Lombardi, that now of the top 10 pass rushers, like, this guy had a better pressure percentage than Nick Bosa. Now, the the rep 13.8% to 13.5%, yeah. Bosa's not really, you know, playing way more. This guy had 200 total snaps. But that's what the Niners just... To me, the Niners just want a guy to give him, what, 10 to 15 solid, you know, designated pass rushes a game? The D D Ford? I mean, really, I mean, in a weird way, kind of what, on a much higher level, the Rams... Like, Von Miller, they're not looking for 50 snaps out of Von Miller, right? If he could give them two or three pressures a game, 15, 20 snaps, that'd be good and just impact the quarterback. So this guy's going to play. And he's on the team next year. Like this is when you were hammering home the cost effective stuff, you trade a six round pick for a guy that was a fifth rounder whose costs, I think at less than $2 million total the next two years. So he's a cheap player who can play, which as I said, their cap numbers relatively high and it's going to be high next year. Right. You need some, you know, guys between 700 and $1.2 million on your roster that are playing. And that's what this guy is. So this is, this to me is value, you know, more than probably like true impact. Like I think the chiefs are hoping like Melvin Ingram can give them something as a pass rusher. I'm not saying they're not hoping he can play, but like, what can you really expect? If they got three sacks over the next 10 games, would that be a win out of this guy? Yeah. It, well, yes, that'd be a, I think that would be a win. I mean, last year he had four, you know, I, he's not on a great team right now. Lost JJ Watt, right. Probably benefited from playing with JJ Watt last year. Um, anybody would. So maybe benefits from playing with Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa. Right. And I think to your point on Von Miller, not to compare the two, but like the Rams paid a high price, but what they're looking for is not Von Miller eight years in a row, all pro, whatever he was. Right. That's not what they were looking no. for. It's not what the Niners were looking for. The Niners aren't the Niners have Nick Bosa and the Niners have Eric Armstead, and they just they need a little more. He need when you have a superstar player, to me, a defensive line, Aaron Donald, when the Raiders had Khalil Mack, now the Niners have Nick Bosa, you need to get the guy help. I think you you need to treat him a little bit like a quarterback, right? You can't go all in and get this blue chip guy and not put any help around him. And the Niners tried with Kinlaw, it's just his knee, who knows? <laughs> Like I don't think you could ever say who knows if Kinlaw is ever a functional player moving forward. I, I don't. If you say, I don't think you can tell say you this, he will be. I'll put it this way: if the Niners, their next time they're drafting, 
which is like the fifth round of 2022. Uh, they got a second round pick next year. If the if if when if when they're drafted in the second round, the best player on their board is an interior defensive lineman. They should draft that person. Yeah, I agree. Like that's how I look at Kinlaw. Like if he comes back, if he contributes, great. But they're, dr- the they're drafting the- or signing a D tackle next year for sure, right? In free agency or the draft. Yes, you I, you have to operate like he's not going to be the guy you wanted. And if he is, guess what? Fantastic. He's on a rookie yeah. contract. You can have multiple interior linemen. Like it's awesome. He doesn't like does, but you doesn't should, does, doesn't he have on pup starting the season next year written all over him? I just I I have to operate like he's not going to be back. And if he is, I can you can use him. That's the beauty. It's not quarterback. It's if you draft somebody who plays inside and he comes back and he's healthy, you can use him. But you know, in fact, I would go so far as to say now that I think about it, if the third best player on your board is an interior lineman, but the best player is something at a position you already have, then you'd probably still draft him. In the next draft, you just you're gonna have to go back. You're gonna have. I to saw go this. Back on, to I saw spot. this on the on the chat, and maybe this is like you can put this guy out, you know, and rotate him more outside. You can bump 91 back inside because 91 has to play inside. Yeah. When I whenever I see Eric Armstead playing defensive end, it's just that's not his position. He can't like he doesn't have the explosive speed. He can't get a pass rush out there. Right. You have to be explosive. Like part of why Bosa gets to the quarterback. He shot out of a cannon. Khalil Mack, Vaughn Miller, right? All these guys. Like, part of, you watch Buckner against the Titans. Like, he was in the, he's coming up the middle. Like, 91 and 99 played in the middle when they were really good defensive line. Like, 91 is a, is interior player. He's, he, and it's not his fault. Like, they just losing bodies and <laughs> D Ford, who knows? Sometimes you can only give him a couple plays a game. Like, it, or miss, it, or think, miss a game. Yeah, it's like you got it. You you can function with Armstead inside, like that. It is still, you know, he's still. Every team would take him as an interior pass rush, right? Armstead. No one wants him as a defensive end. So you gotta you gotta bump him back inside. That's that's crucial. There are only so many guys who truly like like. Armstead's paid a lot of money. Like, you pay a lot of money that you feel like that's what made J.J. Watt pretty special. It's like, what position did he play? Well, I, don't, I mean, kind of can do it all. Can Wherever you want him to put him. Over him. The guard, put him over the center. He can he can go, like, wide nine as an end when he was younger. Kind of do it. He can do it all. Buckner and Armstead. I mean, Buckner is different than Armstead because Armstead can, in a pinch, play a little end. But to me, he is a true over-the-guard player. And I, I've seen him a lot outside when just looking up on the couch, like, God, is he at defensive end again? And right, talk some... then runs around. <laughs> he got around Bosa too a couple of times. He was fi- I fast. Don't, I'm not sure. Not a great week on the PFF grade for the uh, game camera operator on the Bears Niner game. Got got bit on the fake a couple of times. I don't I know what his ca- camera football focus grade was, but I was in the car yesterday and uh, I, I flip on our guy, Greg Papa. Yeah. And Greg drops one of his classics like, John, I got to tell you, I, I don't throw this word around a lot uh, often, John, but the warm up Justin Fields, first he goes, Justin Fields is way better than I thought watching him live. Like you watch the season and then we played him, his game, and he was just like blown away. Well, he played the he best game he's played. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then he said, watching his warm up. Greg's been, you know, liable to throw this out every once in a while. He didn't say it was the best warm-up he'd ever seen, but he said it was an it was as good of a warm-up as he's ever seen and awesome to watch live. 
because you know the rollout in a warm up when he's just there with like D Filippo, who uh, he he's like I went up and I gave Flip a big hug. I hadn't seen him in years, and then I watched him work out fields like pregame before the players, you know, like the team unit comes out. You're just there by yeah. your side. He does a warm up where he scrambles right, scrambles left, and it was just like holy shit. So I my my point is that when the great scramblers of four four and under speed, Lamar, Kyler, and and Fields, if they're gonna scramble, the end is gonna be at a disadvantage. Cause that, there there hasn't been yet, you know, Miles Garrett run a four four. When that happens, like if if what's our guy's name, Kayvon, like is healthy at the combine and runs a four four eight, you just be like, oh put it in the bank, he's going one. Right. But if he runs a four six flat, people be like, holy shit, this guy's incredible. Four six flat. But if he goes four four five and even then, he would be a step slower than those guys, right? Yeah, and you're still at a disadvantage when the quarterback knows how to run and play the angles and everything. That and you're and running, you have to pivot. RPO, and you're running, you know, RPOs. So yeah. there's a trick out there. There is a deceptive element of the play as well. It's not just drop back and then take off, right? Like if that was a running back, they handed the ball to him, he ran to the edge. Bosa, even if it was Fields, it's just. But there's a you crash down. He knows you're crashing. He pulls the ball out and he runs. You know what play we didn't mention is just a Justin Fields stand, I think as the kids say, is the touchdown he threw rolling to his left across his body to the Notre Dame tight end. I mean, guy, he hit him in stride, perfectly placed, lower. The the window was like a half an inch wide. That's got to be his best throw of his career in his NFL career, right? It was that was awesome. Yeah. It was it was it was was like the margin. Trey Lance gonna be able to do that? The margin was impossible. Like there was one place to put that football. And he did it. I Listen, I, I would have taken Fields just because, and I said I was a huge fan just because of the talent. I didn't know that much about the off-the-field stuff. Again, from what I heard, it wasn't even close to as bad as everyone was saying. But there were just concerns relative because Mac and Trey's character were, like, pristine. Just some, like, you know, cocky's the wrong word, but whatever. It was stupid. You, you watch that game, like, his talent. Like, I, I don't see how he wouldn't have been successful. Would he have been the perfect overall player the next eight years reading defense and all this shit? Time will tell. And who knows? He's probably going to have a coaching change. But it's pretty clear like him and Kyle would have had some success. Right? He's got a natural motion. Would he have been would he he looks like he's more accurate? Would it have been easier for him to beat out Jimmy? Just, I mean, he'd been a multiple-year starter a bigger school. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's got something. I mean, but all but I'll say this with him. I'll say it with Mac. It's the 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 real test comes four, five, six years later. Are you right? Like, um, Lamar, like got tested early, thrived, beat out Joe Flacco, thrive, thrive, better, better, getting better, getting better, getting better, getting better, getting better. Never plateaued, never plateaued to this point. Lamar Jackson's gotten better every year. That's the, te- I mean, that's really what it, you know, yeah. it's, it takes a while before we can, for the returns are in on that. It's um, only November 2nd. And that's what we're talking about. Yeah. No, but speaking of, it's only November 2nd. The Titans are six and two. Uh, they might miss the playoffs, John. I, Derek I Henry Im- out with a broken foot. They're not going to miss the playoffs. I think they've got a shot to miss the playoffs. They play the Rams, the Saints, the Texans, the Patriots, the Jags, the Steelers, the Niners, the Dolphins, the Texans. So. To your, if I were going to take your side here, they're 10 wins, should be 10 wins in the bank, right? Kind of four wins. You said the Texans twice. I said the Texans twice. 
Um, but I also think you've got four win Kansas City, you got four win Cleveland, you got four win New England. The AFC's a mother. And I think Derrick Henry was a real, a true MVP candidate. Derrick Henry had run the football uh, 219 times. He was on pace to run the ball 465 times. Say he didn't play week 17, he was going to run the ball 438 times. He was going to obliterate Larry Johnson's rushing record um, of 416 attempts in 2006. Not only that, he was going to... He was going to, uh, you'll love this, he was on pace to break his own personal record of 462 rushing attempts for Yulee High School back in 2012 when he ran it 462 times in 13 games. Are you ready for this? 4,261 yards at a clip of nine yards per carry and 55 rushing touchdowns. You think they dialed up his number a lot? I think he's been a high-volume guy for a while now, John. Um, well, you're right. I, I actually hadn't been counting on him as the MVP. I, we just talk quarterback so much. If they were a top, let's just say, three seed, they ended up winning 12-5, and five, and they were, the three, they were the three seed. He's coming off a season where he ran for two grand. So if he ran for another 2,000 yards, he was on pace for probably 20, 19, 20 touchdowns. Had 20 touchdowns. I think he would have been a pretty easy MVP vote because it's so different, but he's also deserving. I feel like he would have got a lot of momentum, right, to get the MVP. Yeah. People would have actually enjoyed not voting for a quarterback, I think. I I would have, if I had a vote and he did the numbers that he held just last year, 17 touchdowns, 2,000 yards, but their team was beat out multiple other division winners. If they were the two seed, I think he would have been a lock. If they were the one seed, it'd be a no-brainer. I think you could probably make the argument if he just maintained it. Yeah, I mean, shit, it's a, it's a devastate. It sucks. I mean, they got Adrian Peterson, who, I, you know, Adrian Peterson's not a good zone runner. That was always the knock. Remember him and Jake Gruden were like butting heads. He's like a power runner. He doesn't like the zone because the zone, there's not a determined hole with the zone. Part of what makes Derek is you just, you know, the stretch zone. You just run. You meet him out at the point. And then he kind of, there's not like, you got to hit the A gap. You got to hit the B gap. You got to hit the C gap. You got to go, you can kind of do whatever you want. And his instincts, he was becoming one of the great zone runners of all time. Like that's Terrell Davis. Like you just, you're kind of the artist. Like he, do you know where I don't think he got any enough credit is because he's so humongous. We just go, this guy is the Earl Campbell. Well, you watch him. He's not really running over guys time and time again. He's more of an artist in the open field, making guys miss speed, stiff arms, He's one of the most remarkable players in NFL history. Like, I'm just saying, pound for pound, his now 18, 19, 20, and then this year, the, the stretch of four and a half years or three and a half years he was on. And then he'd also, what I, I'm glad, even if it kind of ends now, he had some playoff moments of running for a buck 80. Like, he, he's a historic player, that little stretch. He's awesome. Yeah. And I thought he, I didn't think it was going to be a bust, but I never thought he was going to be this good. Did, I mean, no one did. He was a second round pick. So you you think they're safe though, Titans? Yeah, they're the number because, one seed right now. They're six and yeah, two it, because their quarterback. If their quarterback was a twenty to thirty two guy, I'd be like, well, they still have AJ Brown who's dominant. Julio will come back. To me, you'd have to add, if they implode and you go nine and eight, you'd still have a pretty good chance of winning it. And, and plus, to win the division, the Colts. 
actually the Colts play Mike White Thursday night. <laughs> so let's assume they win that. But the, what the, what's the Colts record right now? Three and five. Three and five. Yeah. So at three and five, you get nine games left to get to nine. You have to go six and three. Their margin for error just to just to match them and the the, the Titans beat them twice. So even if they go nine and eight. And that would mean one of those two shitty teams beating them, right? I mean, a Texans upset, maybe. Do you say the Jets? Uh, the Jets. Like, are they going to lose to these teams? I did not say the Jets. I said the Dolphins, though. Dolphins have lost seven straight games. Yeah, I said the Jags. Twice. Uh, they've already beaten the Jags once, but yeah. They lost oh, to the you, Jets, remember? Oh, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. You said the Texans twice, and you got Texans the Jags twice, again. plus Jags, plus Dolphins, right? And you know, I mean, they play the Saints. Like I, I don't know, Saints quarterback situation, right? They could be the Saints. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's they might. It might be the day finish with a they got, worse they got a good than lead a, than a couple of wild card teams, potentially, but yeah. maybe not. Well, I think we're going to learn a lot about old. Uh, say what you want, and I know a lot of people bang the table. They're like statistically, you guys are not. Give Tannehill the credit. Not to us, but just in general. No, I don't. Well, I don't either. But part of it is like, well, bro, you've had one of this historic running back for like three straight years. Now, like if he keeps doing it, we're not going to really be able to say anything, right? He can kind of prove that he's like, I'm pretty good. We will not be able to say anything. That's right. I think we're going to find out a lot about him. Who do they play this week? Titans. Uh, Rams. Is that Sunday Night Football? Uh, in L.A., I think, too, right? Yeah. November 7th. Is that Sunday? Yeah, it must be Sunday, not Monday. Yeah, NBC. What's Al. the Monday Night game this week? Uh, Monday Night game is shitty. It's Steelers. Steelers, somebody. Not as good. Steelers. Bears. Steelers, Bears, yeah. Hmm. We got Packers, Chiefs. We got... Uh, that was a risky pick, Steelers-Bears, I feel like, at the beginning of the season. You were hoping with kind of both. In fairness, the Steelers... Are we sure the t- Bears can't win that game? Uh, Steelers are better. Steelers are well, this, How many points are the Steelers going to score? Uh, it's just... That's, can that's the Steelers t- score three touchdowns? That's a... T- against the Bears, without Khalil Mack, I think, you know... Like, Najee just ran for 90. That, to me, is a tougher test for old Justin. Back-to-back good games against good defenses against... Yeah. The yeah. Um, they got, they uh, got rid of a hostage today. Oh, yeah. What was the Mike Tomlin quote on trading? They asked, uh, him about, they asked him about the Melvin Ingram trade, and he said, you know, around here we try to get volunteers and not hostages, or we, we like to have volunteers and not hostages. <laughs> That's a good one. That is a good one. Uh, we got A lot uh, of times these older guys, you know, that's like Melvin and Deshaun, like, guys, it's not 2014 anymore, fellas. How about pole assassin, John? Pole assassin. Texas Longhorns special teams coach Jeff Banks, highly paid, Alabama's special teams coach. Girlfriend um, used to be on what show? Springer? I don't think she was on the show. I think he did an episode, you know, showing her. That's what I thought, but I could be wrong. Gotcha. Her name is Pole Assassin. Yeah, that's her, that's her stripper name. Which, if there's not a quarterback audible this week, it's Pole Assassin. Paul Assassin. I'm going to be disappointed. Anyway, well, she has think, a pet. Don't you think the, the Sooners should implement that? Feels like an old Miss. Seems to feel like Lane Kiffin would work that in. Matt Corral. 
Uh, anyway, Pole Assassin has a pet monkey that used to perform with her. And you told me retired, Pole Assassin retired. Yeah, for, I just keep reading former stripper. I don't think she's gotcha. any longer in the bit. Her husband now, her boyfriend makes you know seven figures living maybe in Austin. So maybe it, husband. Yeah. You, you told me husband. I, I, so he's formerly married, left family. You know. Well, I heard the just amicable divorce didn't leave for Pole Assassin. Those that's my sources told me. <laughs> uh, but uh, but in any event, Halloween party. And uh, somebody goes, I don't know, near the cage. Kid gets bit by the monkey. Not only bit, did you read that they had to pry the jaws off? Pry the jaws. Pry the jaws, okay. But the jaws wouldn't let go of the kid. Now, gotcha. Paul Assassin did an Instagram video where she walks around her backyard, which I think is also his backyard. Nice house. Obviously, again, he's you know Alabama, Texas. Guy's got some cash. So she kept walking. I'm like, God, she lives in a sweet house. She had this backyard, this pool, and then she goes to where the animals are. And I think there are more animals than just the monkey, but she goes to the monkey. And one thing it says when the monkey cage was, do not touch, you know, well, stay away. Well, is the kid away. old enough to read? Potentially not. I, I didn't read that they were throwing a Halloween party. I thought that it was a trick-or-treater and just made its way. The Halloween party seems like, if you're having a party, you should lock that gate. Or, uh, yeah. So a pole assassin is adamant that it was on the kid. You know, I just... I don't know really what to say beside it. Really, the whole point of the story, I think, is like everyone's kind of making fun of Texas, and it goes back to just like this feels very Texasy. Like, and the crazy thing is, I wanted to be like, who is Sark hiring? And then you realize he stole him from Saban. Like, it was a big deal. They had to make him the highest paid special team. He's the highest paid special teams coach in the country. A million dollars. That's like NFL money. That's like what Bones. Fossil makes for the cow. I mean, a million dollars ago, fucking kickers and punters and uh, punt protection. I guess to me a little crazy, but this it's pole the assassin. John, it's the third phase of the game, and it's a big phase. Okay, pole All assassin. Three phases. Pole assassin. How do you walk into the work, like especially as the story really breaks the next couple of days? Now, wives on the staff you know, just naturally become several, it becomes clicky because, you know, your husband's work nonstop. You don't really, you know, you move towns all the time. So you just can go to a random town. You don't know anyone. You're naturally going to go. I'd be, I'd be, I'd wonder what her role is with the coaching staff. Wive click, mm-hmm. you know, pole assassin. I would also wonder it's, that. It's definitely one that well before the monkey ever bit the child. And let's hope the child's okay. Hopefully it was just on the arm or something. Didn't bite like off a finger that, they have to pass around some videos that go back and forth between each other, making fun that this guy does that. And again, I, like women, if they're if some of these people are married, like the judgment on this guy absolutely. could just be. This is one for Sark, even though I, I wanted to blame him more. The more I found out, like I would imagine most co- programs in the country would have gladly hired this guy if they needed to. Right, this guy was highly thought of, but. Probably be a candidate for the Washington State head coaching job if it wasn't for some of this stuff. I don't know if he'd get it. I don't know enough about him, but um, you, you you agree that this is this well, John. Is not if ideal it, for if it was if it was family monkey of Jeff Banks and twenty year wife bite somebody, it would not be a, a story on TMZ or the New York Daily or the Post. Okay, no, pole assassin. pole assassin is which we could have a whole other conversation. Like really, the conversation is when you're you know choosing the name that you're going to perform as pole assassin is really outside of the normal realm of i agree you know it has double meaning though 
Definitely has a double meaning. I wonder if the monkey was the assassin. She was Paul. <laughs> the whole time, the monkey is the assassin? One clip I saw from like uh, when the Jerry Springer did the show on her is the monkey used to hang on the pole and she'd high-five the monkey. I think the monkey and her were really tight. You know, like they had a great rapport. But are, are people like, does she get the, the primo slot? Like, oh, the monkey, you guys, if people show up for this thing. I think she was like a, a headliner. You know, she was like... And a, what time you know, do you she, think the headliner comes on stage? You know, like, it's you know, 11 just, p.m.? I, I've been to a couple... Yeah, it's a little later. You know, it's it can be, you know, I'd say 10.30 to 12.30 window. Does the monkey need some caffeine well. for that or... Two shows I mean, that maybe, night for the monkey? Maybe the... I mean, do monkeys sleep during the day and, you know, like cats up during the night? Does the monkey get any cut of the tips or at some That's point... That's a good question. Now, do you... If in you a partnership, want an is it 50-50? It, if you want to dance with Paul Assassin, does the monkey have to come, or can we just leave the monkey in the cage? You know, that'd, that'd be fascinating. Uh, EKBZ says support monkey? emotional support monkey. Of course, they're tight. Uh, John, also Deshaun Watson did not get traded. A couple other NFL stories here did not get traded. Deshaun Watson, so uh, makes sense. I, you know, I did the Dolphins really intend to trade for him, or was it let's float it out there, see what happens for a week? The Dolphins got killed for a week, and they're like, yeah, we're not, we're not doing this right now. I think they were hoping to just get a deal. Like they were hoping to get like a home in foreclosure that should have been $5 million and they pay, they'd still be willing to pay three, but they think like big picture, could that home be worth like nine? And they were cool with like giving a couple first round picks, but they had to have the contingencies just in case the thing went under. And clearly from what I read that they would just would not give the contingencies. Like, no, if like he gets in trouble, we're not giving your picks back. Cause to me, that would have been the whole time. Like, listen, We'll give you two ones and two twos. No one is offering you anything. So you can get him off your hands. I watched Rap Sheet. I, I pointed at the TV. No, I see Rap Sheet on Twitter. Like I, you know, sometimes he posts his video when he was talking. One thing that they were <laughs> they were big on was that uh the 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 owner just wanted to get this thing done with. Like just get him out of here. You know, the people in the building that just wanted him out there. But the but the Casario Belichick's guy was like, well, what's my rush? Like, if this goes away, why couldn't we get four ones in a year? Now, right. I do think, if I'm going to use the home analogy, the home, they found a huge red flag in the home. Like, something has been... Like, I, I don't think if this just goes away, he is just goes back to, oh, Deshaun Watson, high-character guy that uh, Dabo called Michael Jordan. Do you? No. But, you know, I'm not saying he's still not worth a lot, but I no longer think he's worth four ones and two twos. What's he worth? If it quote unquote goes away, which would Howie trade his three ones? Yeah. If 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 there is no legal repercussions and and let's say the league suspends him for four games. Completely gone. And it's like, uh, well, but look but but there's a lot of red flags here. It's like, yeah, but he's suspended four games and there's no legal ramifications. It's over with well, settled, then it just trial, gets whatever. to supply and demand, right? Because then the Miami would immediately be interested again, right? So yes. you would have multiple teams bidding. Yes. Which just naturally, as you know, drives up the price. I, I still think they'd get – now, the question is, is that ever – are we ever going to reach that day? I mean, at some point, this has to conclude. Uh, with but as you know, resolution. just the legal system in general works slow. I, you know, I'm not – never been in the legal system. Yeah, but if, there's a, if there is no legal, I mean – But I think over COVID, it slowed everything down. You know, like backlogs and stuff from what I've read. People supply just, chain. Uh, yeah, the ships. You know, I'm going to use supply chain next time. Like a passing offense has like 93 yards, like supply chain issues. 
Well, the big thing this year, guys, you got to get your you know your Hanukkah presents early because the supply chain. My so mo- you go my mom, like last weekend. Him. My mom last weekend was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go get David a present for Christmas." I'm like, "Mom, it's like October 6th supply chain." Because that, that, but those are the type of things they talk about on like Good Morning America, right? And, and Absolutely. Every like every retired mom is like, "Oh my, my grandkids are not gonna go presentless." Well, some some kid showed up at the door, no costume, just not even a bag, just hands, just hands out. And uh, oh, what, like, what was your what, what was your Halloween experience like? Good uh, good crowd, or like consistent. Yeah, slow. I mean, they come in waves. It's like nine kids at once. It's wild. It's, they go out how, together. How many total yeah. kids do you think came by that night? Hard to say because I didn't really answer the door much. I wasn't really involved. <laughs> I was watching Monday Night Football. John, it was the Cowboy game. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So anyway, what was your, what was your candy? You guys were giving out just like the the bag that you get that has like you know the Reese's, yeah, the Hershey's, whatever. It's like five different chocolates in it, and uh, Crackle. I don't know who I don't know who's buying Crackle or or the red one, Mister, not Mister Goodbar. I don't know, but I saw that I had one a point. of the bars- oh, I said maybe it was the supply chain. That's why that kid didn't have an outfit. Doesn't feel like hot take here. I, I mean, I, I truly believe this. I, and I told my mom this because she had some Halloween candy. So, of course, you power down, you know. And I was like, I think, and I've thought this now the last couple of years, everything gets more expensive. So, companies go cheaper. I do not think candy and the 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 quality of chocolate with, re, with all, all the major chocolate brands is as good as it was 8, 10, 20 years ago. I, I, I think when you have a candy now, it tastes worse. It just feels like they're not using the same ingredients. And my guess is they've just gotten a little cheaper. It just like, did you, do you ever notice that? Like when you eat the Halloween candy, it just doesn't quite taste as good as it once did. Or is that just like that candy is just not that great. Uh, I just you feel know, like the chocolate I, is not as good. It could be. I mean, it wouldn't shock me. That makes total sense. Uh, I have not thought that. I do think I love Reese's for me. It's the number one. It's the number one candy Reese's peanut butter cup, the mini cups, never are enough like it's just never enough bang for my bite when it's the mini cup i'm never satisfied with the mini cup um i do think like enough i would imagine if you found someone and said what was your favorite candy that you haven't had in 10 years and you gave it to them it's just hard for candy to to be as good to you now as it was when you were a kid because now you can eat nine peanut butter cups without anybody saying a word to you which is what i did um I don't know. It's an interesting take. I do feel like I used to love Twix. Didn't have it for years. Had some Twix, you know, recently. And it's just, I'm like, God, I I thought Twix was more satisfying than... I saw this dude, I think he's a barstool guy, did this thread on candy. And he had a lot of great points that I, I agreed with. He said he thought Baby Ruth was an extremely underrated candy. But, but see, that's, that's a perfect example. A Baby Ruth is a candy you would appreciate more when you're 30 than when you're 9. 100 so i agree and he thought a, a thing with twix is while in theory it should be good you almost have to add like put a rollo in your mouth that has the caramel and then bite the twix so you get more of the caramel and twix just a little bit of the much cookie. of the cookie i know and uh i i also believe this i think milky way is better than snickers and his point was this the best snickers item is actually the ice cream bar. And the ice, as someone who's bought, I mean, in the last 10 years, 500 Snicker ice cream bars from 7-Elevens or little things, they're, they're elite. The Snickers ice cream bar is better than Snickers. And I do think the Milky Way, now I'm a caramel guy. I, I love caramel. Like I, I think like anything with 
carrot, like my favorite sea's candy. It's just the circle just with, you know, that in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I, I think Milky Way is just, it's just elite. I, I, yeah. I do because I, I just we like disagree on that chocolate, one. you know, I think Snickers is better. I like that the, 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 uh, the, the, the heft that you get in every bite of a Snickers. Yeah. And hefty. that's what his point is. The heftiness in the ice cream bar is ice cream. And that's why their ice cream bar. You but their ice the cream bar is like, pretty good? I, I, yeah, I, I do. But like when I bite, I'm not a big ice cream cake guy. It's just I like to bite. I want to like I eat my candy the way Peyton Manning eats his chicken sandwiches or his chicken, whatever that was. And ice cream kind of ah cold. ah I love it. ah Cold. ah It's good. I struggle with that. Yeah. I feel you. But I understand. But you like, I think a lot of people, the ice cream, the the thing about the Snickers ice cream bar is it's fucking huge. Yeah, it's big. It's big. It's, and the other thing you look back, you're like only 250 calories. It, I, I love the Snickers ice cream per bar. Per serving I think or per bar? Per bar. Oh. I think Shocking. it's the best of any, you know, 7-Eleven, AM, PM, whatever, you know, that little thing they have where, you you know, you, you pull open that, you know, just... I think it's the best item in there. And I really don't think there's that much competition. The only competition is like the haagen bar, but it's really not the same item, right? A haagen no. is just like an ice, it's basically like an ice cream, you know, it's it's a different category. Snickers bar is basically a candy bar that they've they've converted into ice. It's genius. It's it the really number is. one item in that thing. <laughs> it is. Way better than like the fruit pop they got in there or whatever the hell. Well, else. like, you know, and the, the thing you drive by it when you go to the airport, the It's It factory. Yeah. You know, listen, to me, the It's It is like not that great. Just, See, it, I, I I think they've got it. It is tasty, coffee, but the, the coffee but the, It's It. But it like you bite down like a burger and the, the ice cream j- jumps out the back, you know? Yeah. Well, you keep it in the back. I actually, that thing to me is better. I enjoy it. Maybe the better way to put it. I enjoy the It's It more than I think that I would. It's covered in chocolate. I'm not down on the it's it. I just think the hype, like the it's it forever. If you grew up in like Northern California, it's a big deal. I never, yes, yeah, I'd never even heard of it until I wouldn't turn down an it's it if someone hands me the coffee. <laughs> no. It's it, but yeah, the bar is very low on candy. You turn down. Um, anything else we you want to? I mean, we've we probably said OBJ. Not do you going think anywhere. the? Do you think the? Do you think Paul Assassins? My guess is he she loses the monkey, and then this could potentially end the relationship because that monkey clearly is like her road dog. You know, I mean that's. That's not just yeah, it's I, not just a pet monkey. It was a business partner guy. A monkey, yeah. You saying the monkey gets put down, something like that? I could just see there be some pressure, like make this go away. Right, Texas kid. boosters get involved. Yeah, but it's like it's one of those that hurt recruiting. For, yeah, they're not good enough for the Texas boosters to support them, and none of the boosters' wives are gonna like this woman, right? They're just naturally gonna view her as someone that broke up a happy home, whether it's true or not. You know, because all I keep seeing is he left not just wives and kids. That that, that rattles women. You know, not saying I it should rattle me, but I was like, I just don't care. I'm yeah, not saying I mean, it's a good question, look. I'm not saying it's a good look. I'll tell you my first reaction. If it's like behind a cage, gated off, warning, don't go back there. Yeah. I thought he would be like a, not younger, I guess, but he's pretty ugly. So it's like, it's not like he's that good looking of a guy. Like I was expecting like a Sark, a Lane. Then I saw him. I'm like, oh, I get it. You know, she probably blew his mind. Like he's just that. Jeff Banks. I, I don't know when I heard that name, Jeff Banks. I'm like, I bet this guy's like former football. He looks sweet. And I, lo- I saw him. He just kind of looked kind of dumpy. I bet Paul Assassin one night, you know, I was like, oh my God, will you marry me? And the I rest assassinated the <laughs> Jeff Banks' career. Uh, all right. I've, there's plenty more to get to, I'm sure, but that'll come, um, that'll come uh, on the next pod. Unless something happens before then. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Adios. Paul Assassin. <laughs>
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.